This week on Invasion of the Podcast, I have the power to be shopped around. Did Loki find his glorious purpose in season two? And back by popular demand, we have our Black Friday deals. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And a welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul. I was going to come up with a variant number. I got nothing. I, I hope there's no more of me out there because the, the multiverse doesn't deserve this. And Steve's here as well. Hello, everyone. I like how you give yourself a long intro and then you're like, and Steve. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how professional I am with this. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on in you. Come on. Yeah. Well, I did throw you off probably with my radio announcer voice at the end I, of the opening, I appreciated so. that. I went to college for four years for that. You did a better job than I did. So um, <laughs> thank you for, for outclassing me. You know, and I just and, listen to the radio a lot, man. <laughs> Coming up, uh, traffic on the eights or whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's two for Tuesday. Let's get the lead out. Yeah. Think of, okay, so I know that um, with with podcasting, a lot of it is like, hey, hey, everybody, we believe we're important enough for you to spend time listening to us, and, and thank you for that. But it's also like, there's a little bit of like, we're going to go up our own butts for a second. I was listening to there's um there's a radio station here in the Northeast Ohio area, 107.3, that is like it's an alternative rock station now. And, uh, but then listening to like the DJs come in, it's like how they talk so fast and they seem to like say things that they think that that is supposed to sound like a joke, but not. And then they kind of laugh and move on. I'm like, Oh God, I forgot why I don't listen to radio anymore. You know, like, so it's, you know, I'm, can I tell you, uh, that radio ruined ACDC for me? Um, have I told you the story? Maybe, but yeah, please refresh me. I'm I'm actually now at a point where like I can hear ACDC and not um, start shaking uncontrollably. All I night used long? to really like, like ACDC. Shaking uncontrollably all night long. Continue, please. Yes. Dust um, on a highway to hell. <laughs> um, I worked for a company where I was on the road a lot, and I had a company vehicle. Said vehicle didn't have like a CD player or anything. The only thing it had was a radio in it. And again, this is going back. Uh, ooh, God close to 20 years when I started there. So I was there for seven years and, um, I spent a lot of time on the road and you only have the radio stations that are available to you. And I'm not, I, I wasn't really at that time a talk radio guy. Cause a lot of talk radio was political and you know, there weren't like, I mean, I guess there was NPR, which is political, but you also have like, you know, don't tell me or what's the name of the uh, game? Wait, wait, don't uh, tell. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. But those are also uh, like some human interest pieces that aren't like, Making like th to make you angry, yeah, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't at that point gonna be listening to NPR. I was, you know, I listened to my rock stations, whatever. And yeah, I'd get frustrated when, like, you know, the only Metallica songs I would hear would be from the Black Album. But like, it felt like every time I turned on the radio, ACDC was on. And if I changed the channel to another rock station, 
a song would be finishing and then ACDC would come on. <laughs> like I, I would hear, I, I kid you not probably five times a day. I would hear back in black, just changing like stations and look back in black. Great song. Don't get me wrong. I just can't listen to it over and over. And that's the thing. That's the thing. And it, it, it happens with Metallica where radio stations are like, well, these are the songs we play. And we don't go outside of it. Like, I, I would be grateful if they were like, hey, you know, the, the new album from ACDC came out and we're only going to play stuff from that. I'd be like, oh, Jesus, something new. Great. Nope. They're like, uh, you can listen to Highway to Hell, uh, Back in Black, sometimes Big Guns from the movie Last Action Hero. Um, and maybe every once in a while you get Thunderstruck. But like yeah. those four songs were like the tentpole for the radio stations, and it just drove me nuts to the point where I just couldn't hear ACDC anymore, and I actually hated them. So thank that's, you, radio. That's fair. I, I just um, like uh, I remember this is uh, also years ago. I had um, I had a, uh, a vinyl of uh, Who Made Who, uh, and I would play it. Um, and my one friend uh, that I was living with at the time, he's like, you know, he's like, I never liked ACDC until you actually started playing that album. And it's like, I just, you know, and the funny thing is like, that is the, that is the soundtrack to maximum overdrive. And if you open up the album, like the, the actual, like cardboard, you'll see, it says, uh, music from the motion picture, maximum overdrive in like the smallest font ever, um, inside <laughs> there. Uh, cause it's kind of like a greatest hits, but kind of not right in some ways. Yeah. So, but he's like, yeah, he's like, I just never really got into it to listen to this. I'm like, yeah, but I can see your point. Like, um, there, there, you're right. There's. There's a certain like like there's bands that are mainstays, but like um you know uh, I, not that I'm saying like I'm the biggest uh, the Who fan, which I'm not, but uh, if it's not Bob O'Reilly and um you know we don't get fooled again and a Pinball Wizard, what else do you hear <laughs> from them on the radio, right? Like it's yeah, and how yeah. many songs do they have? You yes. know what I mean? Like yeah, did you know that Led Zeppelin made more than three songs? I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. So like, I, I see, I understand your point. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, the, the, the station I was mentioning, like they mix it, it's, it's like, um, I, I, you know, like when, when I was coming out to your Halloween party, we were listening to that on the radio coming out and it's like, um, you hear stuff from like the mid nineties and then they, they actually play stuff from now and they mix it in. Cause since it's alternative, you can kind of like the genre is a little bit, it's shifting, right? Like it's, it's, it's a moving target. So it's like every, every two songs that I know, I'd hear a song that I didn't know. So I'm like, well, at least they're trying to like, like, you know, tell us olds that there's new music out there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, you're not going to hear that on a classic rock station. Right. You're not going to hear like, you know, so, um, you know, so it's just nice to be like, Oh yeah. It's like, and the thing is, I know you can relate to this too. Um, Music is only as old as the first time you heard it. Meaning like, like if I hear garbage is I'm only happy when it rains, it doesn't sound like an old song to me, but it's an old song now. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I can relate to that completely. But anyway, you have a better radio voice than I do uh, right now. You know, it's, it's two for Tuesday. It's uh whatever. I don't know. Anyway, that's enough talk about that. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Loki season two. We have our Black Friday deals, which I am looking forward to this. This is always a fun bit that we do on the show. These are all 100% real deals. You know, uh, sure. Go look for them. It'll be great when we get to there. If not, you get your money back. <laughs> yeah, it's like this podcast that um, that I listened to that only five <laughs> other people listened to told me that this was uh, guaranteed. Uh, so uh, before we get to the news, is there anything that you've been getting into recently that you've been watching that you want to talk about? 
so I'll mention two things. Uh, it's not so much things that I'm watching, um, but uh, the first thing is is that I bought a PlayStation Five. Uh, I spent a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, on the PlayStation Five, I, I got a bundle that was well. Okay, so I, I initially when I was thinking about buying it, I, I said to Kathy, I'm like, ah, I should probably wait for a Black Friday deal. She's like, don't wait for Black Friday. Just go ahead and buy one. I'm like, all right, you're the boss. <laughs> um, but I, I got a bundle that came with Spider-Man Two and found the joy of uh, oh, this is only a, like a thousand gigabytes to download. Um, this should take my uh, high-speed internet twelve hours. Um, so yeah, that that's something about modern gaming that I'm trying to get around. But like, I bought a charging dock. I bought uh, an extra controller. Oh, good. And good. then I set up for a PlayStation Plus account because it's like, oh, there's a bunch of games that I can get for free. And I'm like, well, they're not free because you're paying for the monthly subscription. And right now I have a wrestling match happening in front of me. My two dogs decided to come in the room. Oh, and that's fight. fine. Like, I mean, they, 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 they've been, they've had beef for a while. I've heard them cut promos behind you. So yeah, hopefully listeners, this isn't coming through too clearly, but it's, uh, it's fine. Like I like one of them just said something bad about the other person's mother. So continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I've downloaded some games, but I haven't really played it much because I, I recently started some new pieces of art and I've been kind of engrossed on that. And so I haven't gone back, but I I bought Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, not realizing that I there's a Battlefront 2. Eh, um, and I was like, well, I'm like, I, I, this is fine. I just I'm like, I probably would have rather bought the first one or the, the second one, but whatever. Um, and then from PlayStation Plus, I downloaded uh, Disco Elysium, which I have not played yet. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, where I have not gotten to be Jason yet, but boy, do I get killed quick! <laughs> but even okay, um, but even that isn't it still kind of funny? Like, it, oh, it, like, it's fun. Is, is it yeah. still one of those things? Like, because when that well, unfortunately, that game I think is going to be shut down in January. But uh, yeah, I um, but yeah, I think it's still even even being inept is like well, that tracks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what other games did I download? Uh, a game, there was some sort of Tetris game on there because Kathy loves Tetris. We haven't tried it yet. I was like, oh, because I'm trying to find things that we can play together. Mm-hmm. And I know at some point I should probably get Stray because she's going to want to play that. Because she brought that up to me months ago whenever that was. Yeah. Or maybe it was a year ago whenever that game came out. She's like, did you know there's a game where you can play as a cat? I'm like, is it called Stray? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm aware of <laughs> Um and then uh, there's one that I'm missing. Oh, uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Okay. Which I've only played half of the first level, um, and I haven't gone back. So I'm like, God, I hope it saves some of the progress. I think it's an auto. It probably did. I just if you, I mean, um, if you have the ability to do so. So the thing with PlayStation Plus, which like they always offer up like three free games a month or whatever that you can add to your library that you'll have access to as long as you have PlayStation Plus, right? So. Um, I don't know about all the Arkham games. Like Arkham Knight's the one I've not played. Well, actually, there's two Arkham games I've not played. Uh, Arkham Asylum is great, and then Arkham City is great as well. There was the Arkham Origins game, which was developed by a different studio that I've heard good things about, but people were shitting on it because it wasn't, I don't know, they made uh, Batman like a little weaker because it's supposed to be before everything. Mm. You know, like it's like, oh, it's a prequel story. We'll we'll actually kind of make this a little harder, and everyone's like, Bleh, whatever. So, and then Arkham Knight, right? Meh, Like they they act like the penguin. Um, but um, yeah, like I've not played Arkham Knight. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, it's just like if you 
I mean, if there's one Arkham game to play, it would be Asylum. That also because like the voice acting in that is like spot on, and, and Arkham City is really really good too. But Asylum's more, it's more of a condensed um, environment because it's the actual Asylum in the island. Um, but yeah, like I'm glad that you're getting into that. I hope I'm I'm jealous that you got Spider Man too. Um, I understand that there's a big update, so the download that sucks. I've not gotten to that yet. I've been trying to um, not buy a new game because I'm still working on my other Marvel game. Um, so I'm like, you know, I need to finish this before I buy another one. I need to. And that's the thing. Like I, I was talking to Kathy. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying all these games and I'm like, I need to just pick one and continuously play it to get good at it. Because um, for instance, like with Spider-Man two, I don't know. It's, it's user error. I know it's on me, but like, I kept swinging around the city trying to get to, I think it's Sandman mm-hmm. <clears throat> at the beginning of the game. Long story short, like it took me forever to get there. So like, <laughs> Wait, how, how, how did he's not moving? Right. Like he's all, he's just standing in the same place. Like, how did I get all the way over here? So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be considering that I know that your, uh, I think you said the last game system you have was the original Xbox. I think yeah. you told me, there has been um, a lot of changes in terms of like, well, one power and graphics, all that stuff. Right. But also like there's a lot of user interface things that have changed. And also considering you're coming into a game that there was the original Spider-Man game and then the Miles Morales one that was a full game unto itself. There's probably a certain amount of assumption going in for mm-hmm. people coming in. So it's going to be a learning curve, but you're right. Like, you know, like I'm always intimidated starting a new game. Cause I'm like, I got to learn some new stuff. You know, yeah. so that's, you know, that's why I always well, default to Overwatch because I know that game. Yeah. And, and what's funny to me about uh, Spider-Man 2 is, is that, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun. And like, again, I kept getting lost, but I feel like, and actually this isn't, this isn't just for Spider-Man 2 because I ran into this problem with Battlefront as well. The controllers, I feel like they need to take back the controllers a little bit. Like, there's two left, two rights, you know, I don't know what you call those side controllers that are on the front of the game. Yeah, you got, then you got you've your, got two yeah. sticks and then you've got a pad and then you've got buttons. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you why got your, are there so many yeah. buttons on this? You got your thumbsticks, you got your, uh, your triggers and you got your shoulder buttons and then your face buttons. Um, the good thing, I mean, I'll say this, I mean, you were coming off uh, the original Xbox controller. Like, I don't know if you had the Duke, remember that big honking, that big, that big Xbox controller that you could kill like a small child with. Um, <laughs> that that was very similar. Like the like that they um, the Xbox and PlayStation have kind of followed similar tracks in terms of like how they like their their button layouts. Um, the touchpad, um, the you know like that's a thing still on the PlayStation thing. They don't that doesn't. It's still used in some fashions. I use it basically on a lot of games. I'm able to use that. Like it will open up a different menu. So that's nice as opposed to actually being integral to the game. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like at least they haven't been adding more and more buttons. Cause this has been pretty standard since like the PlayStation three with the exception of the, like of the, the, the middle part. Right. So, but I'm glad that you bought a second controller because the, 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 the battery life on those PlayStation five controllers isn't that long. Okay. So yeah, I'm so glad that you got a second one to switch out because it's easy to sap those things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the PlayStation, but I haven't touched it in over a week. So, um, I'm sort of like, Oh, maybe I picked the wrong time. Like for eh. whatever reason, I just suddenly got inspired and started doing some work. And like, I, I don't want to break that. 
because I, I specifically bought the PlayStation so that when I'm in downtime, because sometimes I'll just like I'll sit here for like five hours when I'm not able to work or not motivated enough to do anything. And I'll just look at my computer and I'll, you know, dick around watching movies or whatever. But I'm like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And I'm like, you know what? A, a game would be a good motivator to, oh, for sure. to get me to, yeah. you know, at least engage with something other than, you know, looking at stuff on the Internet. Yeah. No, um, I, but but if you're dude, if you're if you're finding, you know, uh, inspiration and working on art. I mean, I think if you had to pick one, that's the one you do anyway, but having that as a default or uh, sorry, a fallback position, you could do worse. Right. So yeah, you know, give yourself yeah, and credit. I'm looking forward to the Thanksgiving weekend. Cause I get the Friday off as well. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably do some, some gaming on, on that weekend. I, I made still some, sometime this weekend. Um, but, uh, I'm looking, looking probably to Thanksgiving weekend, finally taking a, a like a long dip into it and, and playing. Watch out. You'll talk to me again after Thanksgiving. I'll be like, yeah, I haven't touched it. Yeah, whatever. I mean, no, it's yeah. just, I mean, I, I am. The, I like, feel like for the investment I made, I should be playing the goddamn thing 24 seven. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, it, but you, but it's a nice system. It's a nice multimedia system as well. Uh, there's so many different apps you can get on there for like different media. Uh, like, like I, use it often uh because i can plug my headphones in and watch things right like like um the only app that's not on there that bugs me well there's a couple but the like there's no shutter app on playstation 5 which pisses me off but otherwise any of the other media uh they have apps and so i can just like turn that on and just put my headphones on and get like the full surround sound with my headphones right watching something Mm -hmm. um so i do enjoy that so i do use it for other things than just playing games and, you know, and it's a perfectly fine Blu-ray player. It's actually quite a nice Blu-ray player. So, you know, you, you have other uses for it than just. Well, that's a, the thing. I'm machine. hoping that. Yeah, I apologize. I keep cutting you off. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the Internet did not lie to me because it's, you know, I, I was told that it'll play 4K discs and that four disc 4K discs are not region locked. So or Yeah. I believe that's what I read. I think that's um, correct. I don't know that for sure, though. Yeah. So I I ordered the Dawn of the Dead 4K. Uh, it's coming all the way from England, though. I think England. I don't know where it's coming from. But it's not coming from the States because it should have been here like a week ago if it was. <laughs> Long story short, I'm like, well, it's four discs, and I'm really hoping that it's going to work in the PlayStation because I'm not spending the money to buy a 4K player. No. And I, I mean, I, I don't have any 4K discs, so I can't speak to them. But I believe that's correct. Um, I, I hope that going forward, that's the way that media is released. But we know that there's rights issues and shit. So I don't know. Uh, because well, originally, I've also, uh, I go ahead. Cutting you off. Yeah. Oh, no. Welcome to the show, everybody. You, you're I, being I, me right now. You took the <laughs> DJ voice and you took the uh, cutting me off. Oh, my God. You got bit by a radioactive Paul is what happened. Continue. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, like I, I've, I've kind of drawn a line in the sand in that, like, I'm not upgrading Blu-ray at this point. Like, uh, I still have things that are on DVD that I'm just like, you know what? This is good enough for me. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm I'm tired of buying the same movies over and over again. Although I did see that there's an Aliens 4K that's coming out, and I'm like, damn, that's tempting. Um, well, first, see if your your system could play it right before. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to upgrade anymore. You know, as far as like my movies, unless it's something really special. Like uh, in our group chat, the Algoro had posted about the the Clerks box set, and I'm like, 
if I hadn't already given Kevin Smith so much money and already had like, you know, bought those movies two or three times over, I'd probably be more inclined to pick this up because it's a great box set. It's like the, the quick stop basically. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm, I'm at a point where, uh, you know, I don't think clerks is going to look any better no matter what I buy. So. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and the fact that they're not including the cartoon series in there, I think that's a big miss. I'm kidding. Not really. Uh, but no, I, I think it should be included. I think they should include all of the, I mean, I know that there's the dogma thing with the rights issues, but I would like a Jay Silent Bob box set of everything, right? Like why not? So, yeah. um, but, but yeah, I see your point. I agree with you. So congratulations on being a game system haver yet again. Welcome to the, you know, welcome to the new generation. Now you're playing with power. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still like, I'm holding off because like, I want to get Spider-Man too. The other one I want to get is uh, RoboCop rogue city. I've been like really holding off on grabbing that. I might go out and buy a physical copy of that just to support the developer. Cause they're smaller. So at least, you know, because I've heard nothing but good things about that game and it sounds awesome. Um, I mean, just getting to play something as RoboCop already sounds amazing. Although, to be fair, I had the NES RoboCop game. Jesus Christ, was that game hard. I don't think I ever made it past the second level. And I played that game religiously. So I've just everything I've been reading about this is like it. um it, it gets the tone like the actual kind of like dark humor and, uh, and consumerism tone of the first couple movies. Uh, and yeah, <clears throat> it sounds like they kind of nailed everything. It's not perfect, but it, it, it sounds like it did a lot right. So I want to support that studio. And I, you know, like I just, I, I think buying, like buying a physical copy new will help maybe at least, you know, support them. So we'll see, but I'll let you know if I get that. I've been just been trying my best. Cause I, we have like the, we have the big banging, um, PlayStation, not plus, but we have like the $120 a year membership. I thought um, you were going to say the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, we have like, the Big what? Bang Theory game. It's it's so great because I just play it and it's like press X for punchline. And I'm like, I'm not laughing. But anyway, so um, <clears throat> we have like the super duper uh, thing for PlayStation where the library availability is so much more. Um, so like it's it's hard for me to also justify going out and buying games when I have access to so much. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, but I don't have that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll be on sale next week. Who knows? Um, we'll see. But yeah, maybe it's part of my Black Friday deals. It's not. So um, yeah. Uh, so okay. So that. Any, so anything else? Because I like other than catching up on Loki, which I'm glad I did. Um, not much I've gotten into. It's just been kind of one of those one of those weeks where I've just been kind of working and diving into the things I always dive into, which is getting mad at Overwatch, which surprises nobody. Yeah, I mean, um, so Sunday, uh, me and my other creative wife, which is what I have to call you two. There's you and Ryan. So, like, I, yeah. I you know. Uh, just a spoiler at your Halloween party. He and I were being catty bitches to each other. I'm kidding. That's were you guys? No, no. no. Oh <laughs> I was wondering why you threw punch in his face. He was like, he's um, like, I do him first. I'm like, yeah, but I love him more. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he, he and I went to, uh, the mid Ohio, I'm sorry, not mid Ohio, the motor city comic con. And it was nice to attend a convention as just a get, not as a guest, but as a consumer, as opposed to, cause like, yeah, I go to horror shows and stuff like that. And I just came back from Halloween, which obviously that was a big show, but there's something about not being tied to a table and mm-hmm. being able to walk around and enjoy the convention. 
um, and eat their shitty $5 pretzels. Um, it was a good show. The, the, the big thing that happened for me at the show uh, was I got to meet uh, somebody who's become sort of a... Uh, I, influence might be fair to say, but also who... Um, has really reignited uh, my love for art during the pandemic. Um, and that would be David Finch. Uh, artist David Finch, guys, he's drawn uh, uh, Batman, uh, Moon Knight, The Avengers. He worked at Top Cow. Um, he's an industry professional, and his, his YouTube channel is so great. And he is such a nice guy. Um, but I had... So... I got I got a little extra something out of him because and it wasn't intentional but um I had bought a um variant cover that he had done uh for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles he had done a painted cover and it had this white rim around it um because it was no logo no no nothing it was like specifically I don't know how many issues it was run for or not copies I should say not issues but how many copies were made, but it's a low run of these, mm -hmm. this specific book. So um, how I uh, got him to give me a little bit more than what I wanted was, uh, or expected, I should say, <laughs> is that uh, at Christmas, my wife had used his YouTube channel to buy me some art supplies. But what she did was is that one of the pens that he uses, and it is a pen that I use as well, she bought three packs of, and I don't go through them that quickly. Like, I'm not going to knock out, you know, three markers all of the same size. Uh, it, it's funny, like, they can dry up, but as far as, like, their, their life is concerned, microns usually, you can get a good amount of work out of them before you have to toss them and get a new one. Um, and I knew he used them, but I had two three packs of them just sitting here at the house. I'm like, well, I'm never going to get to use these. I'm like, or if I do, you know, they will be dried out because it'll be 10 years from now. <laughs> um, so I was like, Hey man, I know that you use these. Um, and I can't, I'm like, I won't go through this many markers in the amount of time that, you know, uh, that it would take before they dry out. And he's like, he's like, you give me these. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh my God. He's like, I only have one of these with me and it's dying and I need one. He's, he's like, here, give me your comic. I was like, okay. So I hand him over the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book that I do. He starts drawing on it. So he, he did a little remark sketch of uh, a turtle at the top of the uh, page uh, for free. Uh, and he thanked me for the markers. So it was a good experience. I know that was a long round way about of getting to that point. But uh, it's very rare that I get to meet some... Well, I should say very rare because I meet people that I respect and admire all the time. But he's somebody who in the last three years has become incredibly important to me artistically. Um, and he's just a super nice guy to boot. Like that's the other thing is that he's just like, he's Canadian. So already, you know, he's a nice guy. Um, C Canadian, like uh, Dale Keown, Canadian. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Dale Sorry. Keown's continue. I, I'm the asshole. Continue. Yeah. Please. No, I didn't even think about that. Um, no, so it was a good show. Had a great time hanging out with Ryan. Uh, didn't get to meet Dan Housen, sadly. Um, so you're sad Housen, is what you're saying. I'm sad Housen, yeah. Um, what's funny, though, is, is uh, my wife was like, Billy D. Williams is going to be there. Are you going to meet him? And I'm like, no. 
because he's been at a couple of shows that I've been at. And I'm, she's like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I've heard from people that he's sort of robot like, like, I don't know if they're like doping him up or, you know, whatever. But like, I've heard that like people who get photo ops with him, he just sits there frozen like a statue. And like you walk up, you get your photo next to him and then you leave hmm. like he, he doesn't interact with people. No, again, I haven't done it. So I can't say that that's actually what, what it's like. That's just what I've heard about how he is at conventions. And, uh, she's like, Oh, okay. I guess that's fair. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I probably should get something by him signed though, because you know, he is in his eighties at this point, who knows how long he'll be around. But I was like, I don't know that I have anything that I'd really want him to sign. Cause I have, I have the script for star Wars that's signed by Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, uh, and David Prowse. But Lando's not in that one. So I can't have him sign that because I'm like, well, that would be weird to have him sign the movie he's not in of the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, so Ryan picked me up for the show and we're driving and we're talking. And he's like, you're going to meet Billy D." And I'm like, I'm like, wow, it's really weird. Kathy asked me the same question. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't... I don't think that I'm going to ever probably meet him. I'm like, I just read, you know, things about people, people's experiences with him. And, you know, I'm like, it's better just to leave it as is. And I'm like, I, mean, I really don't think I have anything that I need him to sign or would want him to sign. And then the, the topic changed, conversation completely shifted. And we were talking about something else. And somehow we got onto Star Wars toys. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, there's part of me that just wants to stop collecting anything modern and only focus on vintage. And uh, I said, I'd, I'd like to get more carded figures of the vintage, but they're so expensive now. I'm like, I did luck out because I got a Lando Calrissian like 10 years ago on eBay on card for 40 bucks. And then I stopped myself. I'm like, God, I have an original vintage Lando Calrissian on card. <laughs> I could have had him sign that. So, uh, that that didn't happen, sadly. I didn't uh, do that. And hopefully, I have not doomed him. That's my other thing. Was is like I'm, I'm like as soon as I say that I don't need to get a signature, I'm like I've probably just written his death, uh, <laughs> death warrant. You know, like, uh, so yeah, that was that's my long winded way of saying I had a great time at the convention. Didn't kill Billy D. Williams or meet him either way. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're setting up the alibi of like, you didn't meet him. So if there's a suspicions, like something happens where there's a suspicious death in the Detroit area of, uh, Billy D Williams, you know, we at least have, uh, you have an accomplice, sorry, you have an alibi, uh, with, uh, Ryan and you have, a, you know, I didn't meet him, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge, he's still alive and kicking. I okay. haven't seen any, uh, stories about him. So, so was there anything else at the convention that, um, that you saw that was of, of interest? So I spent my time in artist alley, just like trying to support, you know, I, I, I make it sound like I'm such a saint, but like one of the things that I try to do at a convention, um, because it's what I hope people will do when they're looking at our stuff is walk around and, and look for people who are doing something that isn't. And again, this is not a shot at people who do this, but somebody who's not selling, you know, prints of, you know, other, every character you've ever seen. Like there are people who just make prints of characters that they don't own. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's fan art. I'm just saying that like, it's not what I was there for. So I was looking for anybody who was selling like original things. Um, and I bought probably it was over 10. It was probably like 13 or 14 mini comics from different people selling wares at the convention. So, um, it was great to just kind of walk through artist alley and, and 
get to talk to people who are doing the same thing that I'm doing, you know, the same thing Ryan's doing and just, you know, get to support them and at least let them know like, Hey, you know, sometimes it can really turn you around if like you're having a shitty show and somebody comes by and and spends some money at your table. Um, so I try to do that as, as much as I can. So that was probably the, the other big thing that I did was the artist alley stuff. And, um, Oh, you know what? I, I, I can finally say uh, uh, the famous line from Mallrats. I, I found a uh, there was a guy with a bunch of dollar comics or whatever, and I'm going through them. They had a bunch of Punisher War journals in there, like the Jim Lee ones. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't own any of these. These are a dollar. And one of them was Punisher War Journal number eight, which is a uh, referenced in Mallrats. So I'm like, I can finally say the line. Uh, but uh, what I what I also love about it is is that that cover is the cover that I think they used for promotional images for the Punisher for like 10 years. If you saw it, you'd recognize it. It was on the video game for NES. It's a purple background. It's just the Punisher standing in front of uh, a purple background with a gigantic gun drawn by Jim Lee. It's a gorgeous piece. Uh, but uh, I was oh, very okay. happy. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I googled that. Oh, I could buy. <laughs> I, I could buy it for six dollars. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. that's way too much. <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, I, I I hadn't run into those in in dollar bins, so I was like, oh, um, and I wasn't reading Punisher at that time, um, so it was kind of cool to pick those up. Uh, I always like the dollar finds, you know. Uh, they used to be what we call the quarter bins, but they don't really exist anymore. Now they're the dollar yeah. bins. Uh, thanks, Biden. I'm kidding. I don't know. What that <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I, I could also buy it used for two dollars seventy nine cents. What would be the shipping? Probably five dollars. I'm good. Um, so, um, you know me with my frustration about, uh, eBay shipping, but yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I'm glad that you had a good time and I'm, you know, so, yeah. um, and you know, like I could also say I did not meet, uh, Billy Lee Williams over the weekend. So, um, that's, <laughs> yeah. we have that in common. We have that in common. <laughs> All right. Uh, so are we ready to get some news? We get, get, get some news or get to some news. Are we ready get for news? Z- news. Yeah. News. everyone i mean there is good news because with the with the strikes being over with the writer strikes and the actor strikes being over i feel like there's actually news coming through now um and so that's good that's good i mean they all they got fair deals they got their like that's the best part right that's the best part of all this but now things are being talked about and announced so hooray so steve you brought a, a story to my attention let's get into it okay yeah so um Amazon is now looking at taking over the Masters of the Universe movie that was at uh, uh, Netflix was working on it for quite some time. Uh, Amazon has also been acquiring. One of the reasons I want to talk about this is because Amazon has also been acquiring things from other places that are dumping material, i.e. like, say, I don't know, HBO Max. Um, I don't know if you saw the trailer for uh, the uh, Merry Christmas Batman, or I think it's like Merry Little Batman or something along those lines. It's a comedy. It's a, but like Amazon's airing that. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. I, I guess somebody at HBO Max was like, oh my God, this looks like it's fun and, and it's comedic and it's, it's a jokey Batman. I don't know that we could put this out. You know, he's not, uh, he, he's not, uh, in black and white or directed by Zack Snyder. So we have to get rid of this, well, which is weird. I'm cutting you off that they just announced that Harley Quinn has uh, been greenlit for a fifth season. 
Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, continue. I guess it's okay to do it there, but yeah. it was just odd to me that I'm like, why is HBO Max not airing this? A Christmas special with Batman, but it's going to be on Amazon. Because they're idiots. Um, but uh, what's interesting to me about this is, is that uh, Masters of the Universe is one of those, I think, ill-fated properties that's just been trying to get, you know, more eyes on it um, and hasn't successfully been able to do that, you know, in the way that, like, we, we, we live in a world where there's, like, eight Transformers movies and three or four G.I. Joe movies, yet, you know, He-Man hasn't even had a movie since 1987. I mean, I guess, to be fair, if you're, we're talking live action, sure, he got there first in 1987, but he's been stuck in 1987 ever since. So, um... The other thing that was the most interesting to me about this is that Netflix put $30 million into development before they decided to cancel the project. Yeah. Jesus. Right. Like that's, that's a lot. I mean, like in terms of like, um, oh, what was the, 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 the new, um, there's that new Godzilla minus one film mm-hmm. that's coming out. And I like, oh, like the budget on that was uh, minuscule compared to, um, you know, what we consider for like, you know, like theatrical release like blockbusters right so 30 million in development to not do anything with it it's just yeah that's crazy you know and i know that we we covered um you know masters of the universe uh revelations and i'm very much looking forward to uh the next series which starts in may or i'm sorry may january how the hell did i get may um oh the revolution um, godzilla minus one was produced for 15 million Really? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. We, I don't know about marketing and things, of course, like, you know, there's, there's yeah. always like, but, but yeah, you've seen the trailer for that. Um, it looks, it looks banging, right? It looks like it's going to be a great film, but 15 million for a theatrical release Godzilla film that is released in theaters. Netflix spent 30 million on a film. They're not going to do anything with like, or, or, or sorry, pre-production on a film that's not even made yet. Continue, yeah. Please. And yeah. you know, the other thing is, is that they're talking about the budget being around $200 million. I'm sorry. I, I look, I get it. You don't want to go the canon route and go super cheap, but $200 million is way too much for a masters of the universe movie. I don't think there is enough in that film. Like you look at something like dungeons and dragons, which everyone seems to love. I'm going to watch it soon. Cause I told Ryan, I would, cause <laughs> uh, he's been on, he's like, have you watched dungeons and dragons yet? And I'm like, no, he's like, it's great. you got to watch. It's it. a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is probably as popular of a property as Masters of the Universe, I would think. And you couldn't get people to the theaters for that. Like, I, I feel like two hundred million for Masters of the Universe is just—it's way overspending. I mean, maybe that's your—if your, you're—if you do really well on your first one, maybe that's your sequel's budget. But like, there's got to be easier ways or cheaper ways to do great effects and make it believable. You know, because. Yeah, you don't want him running around in a high school gym like the the canon version. But when you said the, the two hundred million dollar budget, I'm like, you know, that could make probably four hundred million canon films. It's probably. I was like, just gonna <laughs> say, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I think it's so interesting that Netflix spent so much, then dumps it, and then Amazon's like, we'll take it. And I I do hope that you know the movie gets made, and I hope it's good, but. 
$200 million. Jesus. Th- that doesn't need to be like that. I mean, considering how much Amazon has in like sunk costs in their Lord of the Rings series, 200 million probably isn't much, but not that I'm saying that's the target. Um, yeah. And also I think Amazon's smart that like, uh, there's also the, the article went on to say that, um, that there's a certain, there's a time limit to how much like, um, like in terms of the rights that they can mm-hmm. get the, this film put out. And so meaning, it's something with Mattel. There's something else with some other rights holders. So they have like a two year window now to get this thing out before the rights snap back to somebody else. So, um, we'll see how that goes. And then also I'm sure the moment everyone's like, well, that one Mattel movie, you know, Oppenheimer did really well. Um, let's see what other Mattel properties are available to make movies out of. I, I do think that Mattel is, Oh no, it's Hasbro that I'm thinking of. I'm like, I believe Mattel is trying to, uh, be, be start its own production company, but I think that's what Hasbro's doing. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you if you are Mattel, you know, to get the rights back and be able to do something with it, if that's that's you know your bread and butter, because then you you know got the toys and the movie. But boy, oh boy, I just I don't know. Like, I I really you know I one of the things that you know I mentioned David Finch being sort of like one of the things that I was really um, uh, how do I put this? One of the things that got me through the pandemic uh, was watching his YouTube videos. I sort of fell in love again with He-Man in Masters of the Universe during that period as well. Um, and I, I'll, I'll be there opening night for a movie, but I just don't know that $200 million is gonna... I they're just, not gonna... I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll make it back. Maybe, but it's like, I think also maybe that's a property that might be better if it's refocused. Like, um, clearly then I, I, you and I both liked the first series of the Netflix, you know, update. Right. And we're looking forward to the next one. Like it, which you, okay. But you liked the new, uh, turtles movie. I've not seen that yet. Um, oh man. Yeah. The new turtles movie is so much fun. Yeah. And yeah. I, I need to sit down and watch it. Like, but like, why not maybe approach that with like a different stylistic edge and then go that route and spend that money there because that's, that's all I mean, the visuals are going to be kind of be baked in, right? Cause you kind mm. of have, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that like, oh, you could just make an animated movie and do whatever you want with it, but you kind of can, right? Like, I don't know. I, it, it seems obvious. And this is going back to the turtles, but Jackie Chan as Splinter is just genius casting. Uh, I really love Splinter in this movie because he's more of a dad. Uh, he's more of a grouchy dad than he is a master. Um, and he's, you know, clearly cares about his kids or whatever, but I really like that take on him. And then you have it being delivered by Jackie Chan. It's so much fun. I, I know we just switched, uh, you know, on a dime there, what we're talking about, but if you guys have not seen the new Teenage Mutant Initial movie, it's phenomenal. I, 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 I need really to. I just, I, I've been dragging my feet on it. It's not because I don't want to watch. I just haven't watched it yet. So that's no, okay. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, you can use my Paramount Plus account. You know, <laughs> you, thank you. Thank you for letting me use your <laughs> Paramount Plus account. I appreciate that. Um, I was using your Paramount Plus account to watch a lower decks. I got caught up uh, on that. I will say that every time I go into it, and it pops up. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many people are using this? <laughs> it's most of the Eastern Seaboard. I'll just say, no, no I'm kidding. No. Uh, uh, they're Paramount Plus. They don't care right now. You know, They're not going to crack down like Netflix. Not yet, yeah. anyway, right? But um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's the one I'm like, no, please. There's multitudes here. Like, please. <laughs> like, um, 
Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, no, I don't share my password with anybody. I definitely <laughs> did. I definitely didn't use uh, Steve's uh, Amazon Prime account to to watch the end of uh, Gen V and uh, Invincible season two <laughs> because I was too lazy to switch logins. I definitely didn't do that. Um, so I, you're, you're going to log in and be like, I didn't watch this. I'm like, I did. That's <laughs> Speaking of which, I would just say that, uh, apparently the comiXology app is going to go away altogether. So now it sounds like the only way you're going to be able to read it is through a Kindle app. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll, just giving you a heads up. We'll on figure that. it out. We'll sail the high seas and we'll fly the Jolly Roger. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so, so yeah, I, just, I mean, like, yeah, maybe, maybe a live action, like, you know, He Man movie, sure. But I'm like, there's other ways to take, to, to, to do that. Um, you know, and I, it's a property that uh, clearly we've shown that is capable of reinvention and Amazon taking a look at it. I think, you know, it, we're at this point in, the, in 2023 where, Known commodities sometimes go further than original properties, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, same thing to be said. Whenever I uh, was at Warner Brothers, was like, you know, this um, was it uh, Coyote v Acme movie that's already done that people like. Nah, like we're just going to just destroy it, and everyone's like, no, it's great, and they're like, okay, well, somebody can pick it up. You know, like that's it's crazy to so, me. We live in such a weird time now. Like I, I we, at least in our relationship with you know the. Uh, the, the entertainment that we take in or the, the content that we t- take in, although I hate the word content, uh, you know, I, it's like, well, this movie costs $90 million, but we get a $30 million tax credit if we throw it away. And it's like, you're still losing $60 million. You don't think you could at least make $30 million theatrically? Or, or have faith that there's going to be a tale that will eventually pay off or break even, right? Like, because there's some, there's some properties that we know, like, catch fire later. Right. And also the, I, I, anyway, that's a whole other conversation for another day, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so, so yeah, he, man, hopefully it will show up in one form or another. And hopefully that will like, we'll, we'll support it and it should be fun, but yeah, I think that was worthy of mentioning. Um, but yeah, anything else before we move on to the next story? Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say is, is I know I keep saying like $200 million is too much, but like, give that to somebody like Guillermo del Toro, give him a hundred million dollars. I bet you, <sighs> He yeah. makes an incredible Masters of the Universe movie for half of what you are going to spend on this movie. Yeah. I, well, because that was the big thing, too, where Marvel, when they've been refocusing, right? We'll talk about more about this a little bit later. They've mm. now said that the new Blade movie is going to be R-rated and under $100 million. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Right? So, like, you know, you could still, like, then also it's like, oh, what like what if you make a good movie that people will like and then over the course of four weeks of the theater you've made your money back? Oh no, that's so weird. Anyway, so yeah, um, we'll, yeah, we'll talk more about where Marvel's at here in a, in a minute, and by a minute, probably an hour from now. Who knows? Anyway, so uh, next story here: um, legendary Jaws poster artist Roger Kessel has passed away. He was ninety-one. Um, and also I know what I sent this to you, Steve. Uh, he was one of like he did the did the Jaws poster that we know. Um, that has been aped and, and so many times. And he also did um, the Empire Strikes Back poster, right? So I know that this, this is one of those artists that is important to you and your wife uh, and, and you're both growing up with the pop culture that you love. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because, yeah, Jaws is her favorite movie. The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie. Uh, it's it's funny. I hadn't even put that together until you uh, you said that. Like, literally, it's her favorite movie and my favorite movie. Uh, had the same poster painter and you know the empire strikes back um poster was inspired by gone with the wind but i I just 
this image has just been stuck in my head for over 40 years and I can't I can't think of a more perfect poster for the movie. Like I love that poster so much. And that's not to take away from Drew Struzan, guys, because like Drew Struzan, wonderful, but I will also say that he he was one of he was the one who brought it to the attention of our group. I think he would was it you who sent it to our group chat? Yeah, he uh, has a Facebook page that isn't always he doesn't really I mean, you know, it's his and I'm sure he has a crew, but he, you know, I'm sure they asked him about it and he made a statement. So I shared it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just an amazing, amazing artist. And uh, again, I know we lament the death of the movie poster being painted or being done in any sort of creative way that isn't like just people being photoshopped onto a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I truly admire, you know, you make something and you never know what's going to happen with it. If people are going to like it, if people are not going to like it, but like, that poster for Jaws is literally like it's it's so synonymous with the movie. It's it's so synonymous with its marketing. You know mm-hmm. that 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 painting is on pretty much every Jaws item. You know, um, at least it's, as its tag. And you know they're not putting Jaws for the revenge. You know, they're not. <laughs> They're not using the 3D poster from Jaws 3D. No, it's this like this poster, and it's yeah, it's amazing. And, and with, with, uh, what Struzan said here, whoever what was him or one of his associates that posted this said, uh, could the lesson be to appreciate all the more our living art, our, our living creatives, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's important, but also to speak to um, the Jaws poster, which we know is the iconic thing of the great white going up towards the person that's swimming. Uh, does any like, that poster encapsulates? what this movie is. It doesn't tell you everything, but you get it in one image and that's Mm -hmm. a hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say the same thing about comic books, you know, like the comic book cover should grab you. It should be the thing that makes you want to pick up that book. You know, uh, I don't know how you look at that poster and not go, God, I want to see that movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's so iconic. It's hard to even like talk about it and say something new, but I don't know how you see that poster and not be like, yes, ticket for one, please. <laughs> and it's so um, meme worthy, right? Like that's what I'm like. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit the, 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 the art. It's just that it's been, even if you've never seen the film, you know, this image, right? Like yeah. just, it's one of those things that's been burned into the collective like knowledge and all, I mean, also the music too, right? <laughs> you know, like you can't right. ever separate the two. But yeah, like even like it's just yeah, it's you know it's a bummer. Ninety one. I mean, you know, like all things considered, you know, good run, right? We like, but that and like how like you get you you like it's one thing I guess to be like I made this one thing, but it's like well you did Jaws. It's like what else did you do? Empire Strikes Back. Okay, what else did you do? Do I need to do anything else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did other things. He also did um, comic book covers for uh, Doc Savage, which. I have to admit, I never read Doc Savage. Have you? No, I have not. Okay. Um, and he also did uh, books um, such as uh, The Invisible Man and Jackie Collins' Hollywood Wives. Oh, so, oh that one. Yeah. I have read, I own three copies of that. I'm kidding. No, yeah. not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he did do other work. Um, you know, some of the other films he did, uh, uh, I had it pulled up here. Uh, there was a movie called Dr. Faustus, which I'm not familiar with, but it's a Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor movie. And then also the great train robbery, uh, starring Sean Connery. So, um, 
just a, a hell of a run. 92. That's, a, uh, you know, we should all be so lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so um, sad to see him go. Um, but it's a good reminder of uh, what uh, um, non AI art can be. Yeah, absolutely. So the, like as much as we've been a champion of like, Oh, these are the things we love. We should appreciate those that make things. Um, I am late to the game and, and learning the person that did the poster art. So that's on me, but like, but also again, I've known his work and it's just, it's, you know, sad he's gone. Let's appreciate that. And then also, you know, like still always reach out, like always keep searching. If it's the thing you love, a lot of people help make it happen. Right. That, mm-hmm. I think that's always been our mission statement here. So all right. Are you ready for um, my secret story that I have here? Secret story. Yeah. Well, actually, I have a sub-secret story. I just found this. This was posted on Bloody Disgusting as we were about to start recording. Real quick, um, it looks like um, uh, Monkey Paw Productions, uh, or sorry, Monkey, like Jordan Peele's production company, uh, Universal and Jordan Peele's company, Monkey Paw, are going to be remaking the people under the stairs. I really? love this idea so much. I love it so much. I think it's a great idea. So the, no details have been released yet, but it's in, like, that's where we're at here to start. So I, as much as like that film has a lot of social commentary and I think it's an underrated Wes Craven film. I cannot wait to see who gets involved on Jordan Peele's like side to, to make an update. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love Craven's work, but I have to admit it's not one that I've gone back to recently. Mm. I definitely need to give it a watch. Cause it's been a while since I've sat down with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, you know, now that I think about it, that feels like a Jordan Peele movie. It, yeah. You right? know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It, it's it like really does. Considering you know, you like the, the, w- the care that they put into like the Candyman, like, like a uh, sequel reboot, whatever. And others like, this is like, it, th- you couldn't have picked almost a better property for them to handle, to make another one or like an update. Right. I, I, I'm excited for this. Uh, even without details. Yeah, I, I'd be very curious to see what this is going to be. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I I shouldn't say this because uh, I'm still going to go out and support the movie. But, like, uh, hopefully Nia DaCosta's, you know, reputation in Hollywood has not taken a hit because of what's happened with the Marvels, you know. But, I mean, like. Oh, you mean I that movie with women in it? No. No, I'm good. <laughs> I love the Candyman remake, and if it's not Peel himself doing it, then man, I, I think she'd probably do an amazing job with it as well. I, I agree, but yeah. Anyway, so I, th- I just wanted to, to get that you know quick quick hit from you. So, um, all right. So here's the other story. This is not this right. Uh, company will pay someone two thousand dollars to watch twelve Hallmark movies. Um, a subscription box company is seeking a special Christmas movie maven to get paid two thousand dollars to watch and rank twelve Hallmark movies. Ha- sorry, Hallmark. Holiday movies, as opposed to regular Hallmark movies, they're all holiday movies. Uh, Bloomsy Box, which I hate that I said that out loud, said the chosen candidate will also receive an ample supply of Ghirardelli hot cocoa, two pairs of fuzzy socks to guarantee a cozy watching experience. We've devised an ironclad rating system designed to stand up to the scrutiny of even the most steadfast of Scrooges, the website said. They didn't meet me. Anyway, so the film fan will be asked to rank each movie by the criteria, including festivity factor, predictability quotient, chemistry check, tearjerker test, and replay value. And also, how many Melissa Joan Hart's are in it? I made up that last part. I was just going to ask how many Lacey Chabert's are in it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right, right. The the movies chosen for the experiment are The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Crown for Christmas, The Nine Lives of Christmas, Christmas Getaway, Journey Back to Christmas, Ghosts of Christmas Always, Family for Christmas, Christmas Under Wraps, Three Wise Men and a Baby, Jesus Christ, that's a name, A Royal Christmas, North Pole, that should be an adult film. Uh, and The Christmas Train, that also should be an adult film. Uh, in addition to 2000 payment, the chosen candidate will also receive a 12-month flower, flower box subscription. Applicants are open through December 3rd, so everybody can put your application in. So, oh, I'm sorry, how long do they have to watch? Uh... They have to watch just 12 Hallmark movies. Okay. Sorry, Hallmark, and, and then rate them. That's the twelve I read. So they got to rate them, and that iron. So they have to system. do it like consecutively, and they're not allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and like the, this would be like, <laughs> like you know how what was it? Um, whatever that shitty uh, Christian Saw movie I talked about. Uh, that would be this version of that, where it's like you're stuck in a room for twelve Hallmark holiday films, and at the end, it's like you can't stay awake. So they're like, "No, here's a razor blade. Cut your eyelids off." You're like, "No," you know, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you have to be full of holiday cheer, you know? So, so yeah. Anyway, so would you do this for $2,000? I mean, I guess all I have to watch is 12 movies and rate them. Sure. I do that for free now. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know that these are like made for TV home. So they're probably like what? 80, 85 minutes at best each. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure they're them. all terrible. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like I'm going to walk out and be like, Oh, this one. This one really touched me. You're, you're going to come out like openly weeping and just being like, oh, my life has changed. I understand. <laughs> like, I now believe in family values or whatever. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, the greatest Christmas present is my my love for my immediate family now or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, I saw that. I, I understand this is all tongue in cheek, but it's like, whew. That's there's probably somebody already out there. It's like, I watched 12 of them today. It's like, how'd you do that? Don't ask questions, you know, like whatever. Um, I'm sure there's like a Pluto TV channel that is like just nothing but like holiday uh, Hallmark movies. And it's like, I'm sure when you go to like, click on it, every device in your house will stop working and it'll just force you to watch that constantly. You know, like it's just going to be, it's going to be like ACDC for you. You're like, no, it's not. I can't change channels. It's constant holiday movies. So, but at least you get socks and Ghirardelli, uh, you know, cocoa, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can just, you can just drink enough cocoa and go into like a, like, you know, like a diabetic coma while the movies are playing and you'll be okay. So, I mean, this is clearly, you know, a marketing ploy, but I just, I'm curious, like, what do they think? I don't know. When I hear these types of stunts, I'm like, what, what do they really expect to happen? I know news places will pick it up because it's like, Hey, they're going to pay $2,000 to some idiot to watch these 12 movies. And then it goes up, you know, everywhere. So I guess it is brilliant marketing. So my point is, is not valid, but I just, I don't know. Whenever I hear about these types of things, it's just, it boggles my mind. I mean, it's also considering that, you know, you and I have paid money to go to like movie marathons, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's like those, that's like six or seven movies, like not 12. But I also want to believe that they're like, you have, you have 25 and a half hours to complete this. Like they at least give it, it's almost like an escape from New York scenario where like they put like, you know, like, like diodes in your neck that are going to detonate if you don't finish like all 12 movies in a time frame. Right. At the end, at the end, it's like you're running up to Donald Pleasance. That's like barely, you know, like five o'clock shadow, but get it out of my neck or whatever. Like I've watched all the Christmas year I can take, you know, whatever. 
I imagine it's more like the ending of Halloween 3 where I'm just staring at the TV screen yelling, stop it. You're just yelling into a rotary phone that's not connected to anything because nobody has that anymore. You're just yelling into the phone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so I thought you'd appreciate that. I thought people would appreciate like, it. You know, it is what it is. So $2,000, I will do a lot for $2,000. Uh, not No questions asked, please and thank you. So... Um, anyway, that's it for the news. Are we ready to get into, uh, some, uh, Loki season two? Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. And now for our feature presentation. So Steve, you said you had a, like a brief soliloquy set up, right? Like a poem that you want to get, I'm kidding, but you had some information (laughs) you want to get into. Yeah, you know, it's not so much information, but what I wanted to do off at the, the beginning of, of this uh, discussion that we're about to have is really um, kind of talk about Marvel television as opposed to focusing on the films. Um, we're going to talk about Loki season two, but, you know, more importantly, I think it's uh, because specifically there is what people are describing as a fatigue going on. Kind of look at what Marvel has put out television wise and assess really how they're doing. Um, and what I wanted to do was, was uh, go through, I've got uh, the, looks like there have been seven seasons of shows before Loki 2, um, or Loki season 2, I should say. Um, and what I wanted to do was, was just uh, kind of rank them. And, you know, you don't have to be scientific about it, just a, you know, an A through F scenario. You know, so... Um, I think overall, uh, I'm going to say that we're probably, I'm I, knowing what I'm going to answer. I have a feeling like the franchise overall, not franchise, my apologies, the shows that we've gotten so far are going to average out to about a B, but we'll, we'll see. And I'm curious to see where you're going to fall into. So WandaVision, wh- how would you rank that? Was that an A for you? B, C, D, or F? Um, I'm going to give that a B plus. I thought it was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put it as probably, I wasn't anticipating, uh, B, uh, or I'm sorry. I wasn't anticipating B, uh, minuses or pluses, but oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Say, well, then if it's case, if you're going to give it a letter grade, then I'll give it an A. It's a low A, you know, because I think it was very successful and it, it had me laughing in the first half of the season and then it had me, um, you know, sad at the, you know, the appropriate where you should go with these stories. I really dug it. I, I dug WandaVision a great deal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought the second half of it was stronger than the first. I thought that the, um, the comedic television sixties era lasted a little too long for my, my liking. Um, I know that there's something to like doing that terrible comedy and it was also an easy way to do a show about those two characters and put them in a very low rent setting in the sense of like when you're thinking about your budget. So, uh, I, I don't fault it for that, but for me, it was a solid B, um, up next would be, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier. What would you rank that as? I mean, (laughs) um, I, again, like I guess I'm a honk. I I really dug it. Like it, I, I got a little messy with the villain or whatever, but I loved their interplay and I love the ending. So I'm gonna give that a as well. I I dug it. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, looking at it's it's unfortunate because I probably would have said an A when it first came out. Um, but looking at some of what's gonna come down the line, 
I'm reserving my A's for different shows, so I'm going <laughs> to also go B. Okay. Um, uh, the next one is the first season of Loki. What would you rate that at? A, it's one of my favorite Doctor Who uh, um, seasons in quite a long time. Okay. Uh, I would probably go with a B on that one as well. <laughs> um, I love that. Normally, I'm like, like I'm not like I'm the, the critical one, you know, like in terms of things, but like not like. <laughs> If you're like more of the honk. Anyway, continue, please. I, I thought that the its parts were uh, greater than its whole in the sense of its story, but Fair you enough. Know, I, I, it's still well done. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, like think of it in terms of like regular television. How many shows do you watch that are already terrible that are I shouldn't say already terrible that <laughs> are terrible, um, you know, that you you really have to sift through to get good ones. And so far, we've listed three shows that you've all you've given A's to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's still quality happening with Marvel. Um, next uh, would be uh, Hawkeye. What would you have given that? Oh, it's it was just comfort food. It's a B. I enjoyed every single moment of it, though. Okay, I gave it an A specifically because <laughs> of that comfort food. Continue. Well, because you know what? You're partial to Pizza Dog. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I love Pizza Dog. I love uh, per- particularly uh, Helena. Um, oh, God. Is that her name? Yelena, right? Yeah. Ye- Yelena. Yeah. Um, I, I Florence Pugh. We'll just call her that. Um, I loved her character in it. I fell in love with, um, oh, the young archer. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. That's, um, yeah. yeah, but I forget her. Um, 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 yeah. Jeremy Renner so Jr. No, that's not her name. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was so much fun. Yeah, she's Jeremy fun. Renner, I think it was the most fun he's had doing anything Marvel-wise. And then, um, and then like, the uh, like possible stepfather, um, like, the, that guy, I, I know he's from um, A Better Call Saul, but he was great. The guy that we thought was going to be, like, the asshole that turns out to be, like, a heroic guy that was good with the sword. The he swordsman, was, yeah. yeah he, was, he was a hoot, too. All right, so... Uh, we're reversed on those two. Moon Knight, where do you fall? Oh, see here, controversy the, of people that I know that got really frustrated with the series. I'm giving it a B. I enjoyed it a great deal. Okay. Uh, I gave it a C. Um, <laughs> there are parts of it that I thought were really great, but there were parts of it that were not so great, and it averaged out to being like a 50-50 scenario for me where I'm like, well, I liked about half of it. I disliked about half of it. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I guess that still would be an F, but I just meant that like <laughs> there was enough that I liked to rate it as an average, I guess, as a C. Uh, next, Miss Marvel. Um, an F. I don't like women being represented in any capacity whatsoever. And also like, why would people of color actually want a, a, a seat at the table? How dare they? Right. There's plenty of white things to watch. There's Moon Knight. The Moon Knight, the, the Moon Knight's white. I'm kidding. No, I love, I adore, like if there's a letter above a, like, you know, like, um, like not just a plus, but like a secret letter. I, I adored Ms. Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I can't even go on. Like I, I always talk about how much I loved Ms. Marvel and, um, you know, I, I should say real quick here, guys, we were going to talk about Ms. Marvel, this, uh, I'm sorry, the Marvels for this episode. However, um, I got sick over the weekend and wasn't able to make it to the theater. And, so, I, and, and I and Steve told warned me ahead of time so I wouldn't um, go out and get angry at the theater. Yeah. So I appreciate him looking out for me. 
So. I should also say that I was going to a convention on Sunday, so I, I had plans that I couldn't get to the theater. We, we, so. we both specifically planned not to meet uh, Billy Dee Williams, so that ate up a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. Um, so next up would be She-Hulk. I I loved it. Um, I, yeah. I, my God, I am a honk. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give that an A as well because the comedy for me worked really, really well. And it was – it it – it, from what I understand, it mirrored the comics incredibly well, and it was not afraid to take the piss out of things. I really enjoyed the series. Yeah, I gave that one an A as well, simply because um, it gave me... I like it when I get to see my my heroes who are constantly being shit on uh, get to be happy for a little while. Uh, and she gave... She-Hulk is a wonderful show. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not basing it only on this, but the fact that we got to see a happy Matt Murdock daredevil yeah. was wonderful. And also um, we got to, we get to meet the character of Madison where the why is not where he expected or whatever it was and how like that shouldn't have worked, but her and her relationship with Wong was hilarious. And I enjoyed that a great deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, and redemption for the abomination who'd have thought that would have come. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, the, the animation for She-Hulk was good, but not great. Um, there's no places where I was like, ooh, ugh, I don't know. I like that. But like, I can only imagine like when they come back to her, how much better it's going to look like they're, you know, yeah. they're constantly upgrading stuff and, and, you know, learning new ways. to. And her to, calling out like all the daddy issues, <laughs> like of all the things going on. I love that. Like it broke the fourth wall repeatedly, which was the point. I I, yeah. I enjoyed that series a great deal. Yeah, She-Hulk uh, was another A for me. So uh, last uh, before we get to season lo- season two of Loki, which is going to be the breadth of the conversation, uh, Secret Invasion. Did you watch Secret Invasion? I did. Um, okay. There, there. Okay, I will say that there's there's things there to like. It is um, wobbly. It's worth the watch. Don't get me wrong, right? Because there's bits and pieces here that are solid. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, you know what? I guess, I guess I'll give it a C. I liked it, but it is lacking. I'll just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not the worst Marvel, uh, like a property under Disney, right? I think you and I, like we both come to an agreement that, um, that the Eternals is the, is the least appealing thing they put out so far. And that still was an mm-hmm. okay movie. Right. So, um, it's above that. It's just that you could tell that like, um, there was something else going on there. I don't know what it is. Like, um, I, it's just, there, there's plenty there to dig. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, was it Ben Mendelholm? What's his name? The gentleman that's, um, that is uh, Talos. From, yeah, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn, mm-hmm. right. He's really good at it. Sam Jackson's always great. They give him more to work with. Uh, Amelia Clark is, is solid. I don't think they give her the best stuff to deal with. Um, it's worthy of the watch. It's just that it, it came out right as all the strikes were happening. And then it, it, then they revealed that the title sequence was done by like partially done by AI. So it was like, and they're like, well, that's supposed to be the point because of assimilation. I'm like, no, that's not the point. You didn't want to pay anybody, you know, like, so that left me a little weird. Um, it, it's not, it's not perfect, but there's plenty there to dig. Uh, but you, when you, if you get around to it, that last episode, you'll be like, huh? So yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, what would you rate it? Like I, I'm going to give it a C. I just, I wanted it to be, there was, there, you could see the potential there. It just didn't deliver on it. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay. 
I did watch it, by the way. So you and I come oh, out at the same oh, place. Oh, I'm sorry. I would... Spoilers, you watched it. Okay. But you and No, no, no. I'm yeah. just saying you and I actually for once. Well, I guess Miss Marvel and She-Hulk we agreed on. But uh, I would also give this a C. Um, there's enough there that I'm like, okay, it's not a D or an F. But there wasn't enough there to be like higher than a C. Uh, just, there's some good moments. When they introduced like, the idea of what's going on with the scrolls and their adaptability, and I'm, I'm trying to speak in general general terms um, of their ability to ape others, like in terms mm-hmm. of like taking on abilities and things. Whenever they got to where they got, I was like, "That's really cool," but then it wasn't cool. <laughs> I don't, you know, like how do you how do you screw up that last fight? But they kind of did. I don't understand it, but anyway, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it's again, it's, it's okay. It's not the worst thing that I've ever watched. I certainly think that there are important plot points that they included that it'll be interesting to see if they pick up further down the road. What, like the, the implication of what, uh, um, Jim Rhodes might've been doing right. Mm-hmm. To what Rhodey was like, that's interesting. Um, the, uh, the Mendelssohn, like there's the big siege on the president that happens. That's a really cool sequence. Cause it like, it turns out that a lot of those car stunts were real. Right. Mm-hmm. That then, so yeah. Anyway, but also I loved the interaction between Sam Jackson and Don Cheadle. Like every time they're on screen together, it was great. Right. So yeah, yeah. there's a scene where they sit down to have a drink. That's oh, really great. So good. Right. And also like they get the implication that like, he, like that, um, you know, Fury's just tired. And, but also like he's culpable, right? So there's a lot there that I think you could have dug into. It just didn't quite deliver. So, so, so you're, you're mentioning all the live action stuff. I don't know if you put in what if, and I didn't put in what if only because I wanted to look at the things that technically will affect the Marvel universe. I'm sorry, the Marvel cinematic universe, you know, what if is what it is. It's not, you know, it's not going to impact future storylines. That's fair. So, so yeah, I, I guess I'm a little I'm I'm a little higher than than you are on some of this stuff, but yeah, uh, yeah. Continue. But I mean, you're you you know, you gave eight, five A's out of eight shows. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a pretty good average because the other grades that you gave were two B's and one C. And even with you, you know? giving B's, it's like I don't know about you. That's enough to get through the majority of like higher education. You know, yeah. pretty well. And no one's going to look at you sideways, right? Like, <laughs> you know, Zack Snyder would do better getting bees. I'm kidding. Continue. But um, so, the, yeah. so the next thing that I want to talk about, and this impacts with, you know, before we get to spoilers about Loki season two, you know, how these things interact with the Marvel universe, uh, the cinematic universe. I keep saying Marvel universe, but the cinematic universe, you know, if we look at their impact, you know, WandaVision basically spiraled into um, multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah. Multiverse of madness. Falcon and winter soldier. We haven't seen the results of what that's going to be. Loki season one, obviously we know the result will be season two. Uh, Hawkeye. We haven't seen. That's going to bleed into of that, the Thunderbolts. Wonder, that's going to come into the Thunderbolts, right? Like that's what's coming next. Right. Cause we well, know that. I, think so but i'm also wondering if runner is still like i okay quick thing i just watched a video today of uh jeremy renner uh, like skipping down a road and he's like 10 months since the accident and i'm like jesus christ i forgot that like he almost died like 
yeah. earlier in the year. Well, because he, like, we say, well, saving his nephew from a very large snow like device. Snow cat, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like, man, it's amazing like how much medical care you can get if you have money. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I know. But like I was just like I, we watched this special when uh he was like in recovery and you know, they were telling like part of his scalp I think was missing or came off and like I think he both his legs were broken and mm-hmm. just, ugh. Anyway, um, we haven't really seen that play out yet. Moon Knight, I don't know if Moon Knight's going to play out anywhere. Do you think, I mean, I can't imagine that you don't want to bring him into something, especially since you've got Oscar Isaac playing him. So the rumor is, um, and by rumor I mean the internet, so take that for a grain of salt, right, is that if there is going to be a season two of Moon Knight, which we can get into, so it's the Kang of it all. Right, like um, mm-hmm. that. There was supposed to be uh, was it um, his Raman Tut variant of Kang, right? Mm-hmm. That supposedly because like that's supposed to be the antagonist of that season, but we don't know right now because uh, Jonathan Majors um, is maybe not the the you know the, as good as guy as we think he is, but we don't know. That's all. There's a lot of shit going on. Like and there's a lot of um, gray area about that. I'm not trying to defend the gentleman, but. There's a lot of problems. Well, no, I mean, that's the thing, you know, like, uh, it's really odd to me that like, it's being so scrutinized. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be, but when I look at how Warner brothers worked on the Ezra Miller situation and the way that this is being handled, I can't help but think, huh, what's, what's the thing that separates him from, you know, um, Ezra Miller? What's, what's, What's different about uh, Jonathan Majors <laughs> yeah, that people are just, acting this way? Something's I wonder not, what it could be. Something's not quite white with the situation. I don't know exactly. what's going on. <laughs> Although, to be fair, though, to be fair to Marvel, though, maybe they're looking at how the Flash did. They're like, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't back this horse and we should get away I, from who, it. I don't know. Like, that, that whole thing's still in flux. I'm, I, like, I, I just, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to pussyfoot around it. Like there's been a lot of like bad allegations against Jonathan majors. Uh, are they the same severity as Ezra Miller? I don't think so, but still that doesn't mean that he potentially still didn't hurt people. Right. So like that, yeah. but yeah, anyway, so that was the rumor is that season two was going to deal with a Kang variant, which that was supposed to be the, the blueprint going forward. Um, but I know that, um, and I know that there's books and articles that I've not read that like, like Marvel is like panicking behind the scenes about everything rightfully. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes, right? Like whatever's coming next, but that was supposed to be the rumor. Um, you know, if we get a, a season two of Moon Knight, I'm down with that because they've also introduced the third personality, right? That is in that, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I I would actually prefer it if there wasn't a season two and he just showed up in like some, you know, I want one of those. And again, it's because we've been spoiled by Endgame. I want one of those big battle scenes where we pan over and then suddenly like, oh, it's the Avengers. But also, oh, there's Daredevil. Oh, there's Moon Knight. Like all oh, these other I would love it. You know, to the four. And yeah. Then, yeah. Somehow you got, um, what's, uh, was it, what's his name to come back as Luke Cage just to show up. I would, I would adore that in a heartbeat. Right. So oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And I, I, and I, I think it's still rumor, but I think Christian Ritter's returning as Jessica Jones. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Deadpool three. I think that's yeah. going to be the linchpin right going forward. Cause I know supposedly the rumor there is the TVA is involved. So we'll see. Right. So anyway, 
Um, so what you're talking about is the roadmap, right? Of this whole thing where there's been, there's been multiple articles written. I saw one on IGN.com that said, um, that Marvel's greatest strength is now its weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, like they, 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 they built this head full of steam going into end game. And then after that, they didn't really have a plan and they're like, well, but Kang, I'm like, yeah, Kang's cool. Let's do it. And then it started to kind of get away from them. Um, that's fair. So, um, let me hit the spoiler button now, just just so that way people know, because we're going to spoil Loki season two. I don't know if we're going to get to it right yet, but I think it's important. I'm just going to throw this out right now. Do you know why they are called spoilers? So, um, yeah, like I think uh, Loki season two does a good job of like splitting the difference between we can go forward with this or not, right? And either like it's satisfying enough of like we can move forward with the idea of Kang being this threat. Or no. And I can't believe they somehow made that make sense in both halves. What's interesting to me is, is there is a line in, uh, I think it's the last episode, uh, where Mobius, I think, is going over some of the stuff. And he mentions that, like, oh, there was one instance of a Kang. Uh, or and, and Yeah, Earth uh, 616. He's talking about Quantumania. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't can't remember what his other name is on the show. So I'm like, it's Kang, but he doesn't call uh, the the sorry, um, he who he remains. remains. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, there was one instance of he who remains in the six one six. But they that's what they used to call me at Denny's sometimes at nighttime. Like they'd be like, "God damn it, it's he who remains." I'm like, I got, I want my moons over my hammy right now. They're like, "It's he who remains." Anyway, continue. Sorry. All right. It's it's like Homer um, Simpson at the seafood uh, buffet. It's like they said it was all they could eat. And there was no more food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it does walk an interesting line of like, we could still go forward with this plan or we can completely abandon it. Yeah. I think that it, I, I don't think that it's a definitive. I think that there's a way that they could do it either way. And, you know, what I keep hearing, you know, with my, my top experts out in the field, all my contacts who are giving me, you know, inside information. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think this is more of just a hope as people are like, they're going to switch to Dr. Doom. And I'm like, Dr. Doom is a great villain to base like your next like 12 movies on. Don't get me wrong. He's he's basically Darth Vader and with, you know, without the force. But like if you're going to go that route, like you got to figure out how he's going to fit into everything else. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if worst case scenario, cause also Shang-Chi was supposed to deal with a, a Kang variant as the second Shang-Chi film was supposed to deal with a, a Kang variant as well. Um, like if you're going to do doom, which at this point, like, I don't know, like if you, if you want to recast Jonathan majors, if you feel like he has caused enough harm, you know, like that's, I, I really don't care. You know, like in terms of like, if you want cause we've learned that variants can look different. Right. And if, mm-hmm. and if we have uh, Kang is not always looking the same, oh, that's fine. We, we now have three different Lokis that we've been dealing with at this point. Right. We have two of the look Tom Hiddleston and the other, the, uh, was it the actor that plays Sylvie? I forget her name. Uh, the alligator. Yeah, the, what, yeah, you have the alligator. We have, uh, we have, uh, was it the older gentleman that? Oh God, the, the the very established gentleman that played Loki. We also have, yeah, we have, we have. Oh, sorry, we're up to like eight to nine different. We have kid Loki. Um, you know, like we have multiple Lokis, right? We we, we yeah. show the variants are different. Like, and then also we had three different Spider Mans in one film, right? If you want to recast Kang, like I think it'd be hilarious. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Bring Terrence Howard in as Kang. That will never happen. But, um, but I'm saying if you want to recast Kang, then do it. 
It's fine. I, We've, uh, this is uh, not a defense. Uh, yeah, go ahead, I'm, please. I'm cutting you off for a second here. This is, again, this is not me defending Jonathan Majors in any way, but boy, he really gives great performances. No, he's good. You know, he's a good actor. Uh, I, yes. I loved him in Lovecraft Country. Uh, I've liked him in both seasons of Loki. I, I still haven't watched Ant Man yet, so I, I feel like I'm going to get to it someday. But he's yeah, he's good in Ant Man, um, which that ruins one of my jokes later. Content, like, like when I get to the Black Friday deals, whatever. Anyway, so um, no, it's like he's a really good actor, and I, I still need to watch uh, not just him, but like uh, Michael B. Jordan with the Creed films, right? And I know he's the mm-hmm. like the like. I, I, oh, I, he's the villain in, in or wow, the, well, he's, he's the antagonist, the, antagonist in the, the newest one, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you want to recast Kang, if you feel like you have to like cut bait because he's become way like if, if, if he's shown not to be the trustworthy, good person that you thought he thought he was to like anchor multiple movies, I get it. I'm not going to judge any company, right. From walking away from that, but they also have a good trap door to change it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I mean, variants, right. We now know there's multiverses. We now know that there's multiple things going on, you know, like as, as an audience, we've been edu- like the audience uh, writ large has been sophisticated enough to now know that there's different things that can happen. And if you're just like, yep, we're moving on with this guy, that guy's Kang now, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But with that being said, um, I also think we talked about like fatigue I don't know if it's necessarily like superhero fatigue. I mean, sure it is, but I also think that, um, multiversal things, I think, um, my God, that got hit really, really hard by multiple different films and different franchises. People might be tired of that until like, until like Deadpool three, when the X-Men show up, right? Like, you know, um, I think that's the big thing. I think that's where the fatigue is because also like, did you like how DC tried to get into that with the flash? It's like, yeah, we're going to have all these different Christmas or world show up. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. the one thing that I will say about fatigue and the, the television shows in particular, um, as much as I'm enjoying them, they feel like, okay, so uh, the way comics used to be is that, you know, there'd be a big event and maybe there'd be side stories that run through the annuals, but you didn't really have to pick up the annuals if you wanted the full story. But then that changed where it suddenly became, we're going to do this big event, but now there's 30 issues of comics you're not reading yeah. that are tied into it. And you yeah, the mid nineties was, yeah, that was so bad for that. Like, um, what was it, the executioner song? Uh, like all the X-Men books kept mm. doing that over and over again. Um, but did you notice that with how echo when it's coming out, it's going to be called, they, they're referring to it as a spotlight series. How mm-hmm. meaning you can watch this without context and they're going to give you enough going in. Yeah. And what I think is happening though, is, is that, you know, with the television shows and the movies, people aren't falling. They're not getting the big event. A like everybody wants everything to be end game. Now it seems like it's like end game special because it's end game. Okay. Deadpool three is probably going to be special because of what it's going to bring in character wise mm-hmm. in the same way that, um, you know, uh, no way home is special. Like, uh, not everything is going to be the event. Yeah. And these side stories, they're there for you to decide whether you want to, you know, s- spend your time enjoying them. 
But it is unfortunate because it is going to probably impact at some point your enjoyment of what it's going to happen in the cinematic films. Well, like, which I think is also like, I'm, I'm putting the cinematic side. films. Yeah, Jesus, whatever. whatever. I, I get what you're saying. Like the fact that like gun and company were like, Hey, um, you know, blue beetle is still going to be part of our universe. And, and he had a standalone movie, right? Like, and like, I think that's important enough to be like, enjoy this and know that we're, we're going to see him again. Just, you know, like don't overthink it, have fun. I think that's like, it's almost like, it's almost like the movies are now at the point. Cause I mean, you and I've talked about this previously where, um, there was like this Canon reset for a lot of companies in like the mid nineties. Right. Like, um, like they had to keep trying to change things like, uh, like the death Superman, Batman, whatever. And like, they kept like, there was like 30, 40, 50 years of stories that were considered Canon. It's like, yeah, but what if we tip the table over? And then that's when Marvel, Mar- Marvel, Marvel did their reset of like when they did their ultimate universe, right? Like there, there always has to be a jumping on point. And I think that the movies are, and TV shows are starting to figure out like you can't, it's untenable to ask everybody to watch everything coming in. Right. And Loki, you know, it, that's not an approachable series. Um, season one or two. Right. With really without knowing what came before. So that one's more of like, yeah, we're going to pay off a lot and we're going to give like, you know, the fans of the followed us like resolution here, but that's not something that like, it'd be like me asking you like, Hey, I want to read Batman. Where should I go? And you hand me a book in the middle of a 12 issue arc, you know, like I'll be like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Batman's punching people. Is that good? He's like, yeah, but just keep reading. I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny though, because when the shows were first uh, announced, you know, I remember talking to my wife and she was she was she was overwhelmed um, and she's not been afraid to walk away uh, like she walked away from Moon Knight. Like she got to a point. Where she's like, I'm done. I can't watch any more of this. Um, whereas, you know, I'm going to stick it out regardless. And again, I gave that a C. So it's not like I hated it so much where I was like, whoa. I can't watch that. But I was much more acclimated to that idea of like, these things are probably going to cross over the movies and they're probably going to, you're probably going to have questions because they don't always do a good job of recapping. Um, in, okay. So even in terms of like Loki season two, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like we, we did pick up where we ended. But I felt like it was way easier to get out of the predicament that he was in at the end of season no, one. They, they like pulled, a they, serial. They pulled like the a, handbrake. They pulled the handbrake pretty hard. <laughs> of that where it's like, oh, oh, we'll just make him displaced out of time versus we're going to leave him in a reality. Sorry, a universe that people don't know yeah. him. They they pulled that handbrake. It was like Wah! pretty hard out of that. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. They they you know they did that and then also you know, where the series ends, you know, is going to have implications whether or not. And I, I did hear him say that, like, right now, the character's where he wants it to be. But he said, I've learned never to say never, because apparently he's already said that he wouldn't come back like three or four times and then came back. So and yeah, well, you're talking about, about Tom Hiddleston Loki saying, like, sorry. he's been playing this character for 14 years or sorry, versions of this character for 14 years. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he said, you know, never say never. But. You know, I've seen a lot of videos speculating about how this ending is going to tie into future films. And there's a part of me that's like, well, if you're a Loki fan 
and you didn't watch Loki one or two, season one or two, and your end point is him just escaping um, in Endgame uh, in the, the city of New York, I guess maybe you can be like, oh, I, I can fill in the blanks on my own or I can read a Wikipedia article. But, you know, there is, and again, this goes back to that idea of fatigue. There is going to come a point where people are going to feel like either the work's not worth it mm-hmm. or, you know, they they will lose interest in the subject altogether. Um, and another ugly side of it, and I've seen this with Star Wars, particularly with Ahsoka, um, you know, uh, for those of you who watched Ahsoka, um, it's not really an Ahsoka show. It's Rebels Season 5. And I know that you said that you felt like you were more than comfortable navigating through the series and didn't have any problems with the fact that like uh, you weren't lost, at least. You were able to follow the story, and you didn't feel like you, you not having watched those four seasons of the show impacted you at all. So that's well, I good. Mean, I got I got enough of the cliff notes for the, the conversation. Other than, like it was like, where's Ezra? 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 That's why I referred to him as uh, the Poochie of the series until he showed up. So I understand he was supposed to be a big deal, <laughs> but it's like, oh look at you! Have you been following the dead, like the Grateful Dead, with your turtle people for a while? Cool. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, the thing that bothers me though is is that you know there's this thing of like. Well, I watched all the Rebels and all the Clone Wars, and I know everything, so I enjoyed it even more. And it's there's that piece of me that just wants to tell him to go fuck off. Like I just, I, 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 I you use the F word. Sorry. Oh no, I, I don't know if you've noticed or not. I've, I, like, clearly our listenership has not grown by any type of capacity in the last like <laughs> seven years, so it doesn't much matter. Like let's put it this way: it, it's a goal. Uh, not, not a uh, commitment. <laughs> Continue, please. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, there's two, two modes where they're, you know, they're proud of their achievement of sitting through a, you know, a seven season or seven, no, four seasons of rebels. I think there's six seasons of clone wars. So 10 seasons of shows all together to get, to the Ahsoka show, you know, not to mention the, the, you know, episodes of Mandalorian and Boba Fett where she popped up. So there's this weird pride and it's a gatekeeping measure where people are like, well, I did the homework. Oh, really? You did. Congratulations. Um, I feel like star Wars and the Marvel universe should be accessible wherever we go Mm -hmm. or whatever they're doing. Like it should be accessible to everyone. So, in those terms, you know, what comics used to do is they included a page at the beginning of the comic that like brought you up to speed. It was like, here's where we are in the story. Well, did you um, also like that? Like in like the, like I'm, I'm going aside in the most recent, like spider verse film, how they would do like the little boxes with like the asterisks, like being like, is there one point where they mentioned hammer space? It's like hammer spaces. This is this. like, it was just one of those things. It's like, Oh, this feels like a comic book. Thank you for giving me like the editor's notes as we move on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I do wonder if that fatigue is coming from, you know, an overload of these series and the movies. If it's the quality of the movies that people feel is dipping, there's so many places where it's like hard to really pinpoint where the issue is. And what I wanted to specifically get into with Loki season two is how this impacts one, a major player within the Marvel universe and two, what's going to be the overarching P 
piece of this, you know, like our, our, our main protagonists when we leave this season are in specific spaces, um, where I guess you could bring them back and, and, and put them in different stories, but it feels a little finite, at least it did to me where we end the series. And I, am also wondering, is that good or is that bad? Well, I mean, I think that there always needs to be a torch pass because like people can only do things for so long. I mean, before, like in terms of, like we mentioned Tom Hiddleston, which by the way, he's played, um, uh, like two different versions of Loki, right? Let's, let's, let's be very clear. Like there's the Loki that we know from the Thor movies, the Avengers films, and then Endgame, where, um, sorry, was it, yeah, it was, uh, in, was it Infinity War? Yeah, it was the beginning of Infinity War, right? Where that version of Loki, after going through Ragnarok, having finally turned, turned a corner to try to be a better person with his brother, he gets his next snap by Thanos, right? But then when we go to Endgame, when we start messing around the timelines, the Loki that we see now didn't get those lessons, didn't get that same type of relationship, but also developed along a different route and became heroic in his own way. So that's two different versions of that. Um, Tom Hiddleston probably wants to go do other things, right? Chris Evans wanted to go do other things. That's fine. Having a torch pass uh, in terms of like a practical manner. If you leave him where you leave him in the season two, you never come back to him as Loki him as Loki ever again, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, what I'm saying is like, we have Sylvie, right. Who's still operating like within whatever's going on. If we somehow fold her in, but speaking of your point though, she's never been in a movie, right? So people might be confused about like, Oh, why is there girl Loki here now? Right. I think that's what you're saying. Like, I think that Loki season two was a wonderful dovetail ending to that character. And it does set up the rest of the movies, but you know, we keep talking about Kang being this ominous presence. We, with the exception of Ant-Man and Quantumania, we haven't really encountered Kang at all. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And you know, it'll be interesting to see how things further weave together, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what the cure is at this point. Um, you know, I we, we, I mentioned earlier that we were supposed to be talking about the Marvels, and I'm very disappointed in not only just people in general, but the fact that people seem to be gleefully enjoying the uh, unfortunate, like, box Unfortunate. I say it like, you know, somebody died. It was disappointing box office. And a lot of it, I think, is due to reasons that aren't just fatigue, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, we're um, also getting two characters that were developed in separate TV shows individually, right? right? So, and Photon as a character really wasn't, I mean, I, I, I liked the character in WandaVision and I like that we got to see a little bit more of her, but do you like other outside of like her being somebody that came back um, from the snap, right? Um, and then also then her like trying to get through whatever Wanda was doing. Like we get, we get her origin story. We don't get to spend a ton of time with her. Where Kamala Khan, we get to spend an entire season with her. So I could see, like, again, if people want to buy in, there's development there. But yeah, again, bringing two characters in from two separate TV series into a movie might be a big, big ask. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed that, you know, Ms. Marvel, even though it had, I think, the best reviews of 
uh, at that point of any Marvel series also had like the lowest viewership. It still disappoints me to no end. Um, I, I really hope going forward that they're not going to sideline uh, certain things like, mm-hmm. I, okay, I don't want to boy uh, to say it. The, that's that's, fine. Okay. So I don't want to see Ms. Marvel become Rose Tico. Um, and when I say Rose Tico, you're going to go, who's that? I know Rose what you're talking Tico's about. Yeah. A very big character in the last Jedi. And then she's reduced to like three minutes of footage yeah, in the, uh, the follow up. And that, uh, Rise that, of that, that, um, that actor, like she got just, just waylaid yeah. by people on social media. It was horrific. Horrific. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, I believe is her name. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for not remembering her name. Drop the hat. No, no, I, no. I, that's okay. I, I like I'm Rose. I like Rose as a character. I know you and I are divided on the Last Jedi. I don't think they're. Oh, I don't she's think, not my problem with that movie. It's not like no. I, but you know, that's what. what I'm, it's just like, oh yeah. no. There's, I, yeah, just yeah. I just I don't want the the, the other thing too to point out uh, is that how Captain Marvel when it came out because it was between Infinity War and Endgame. They're like, oh, you're bringing this character in so late. And there's an origin story. Like, I understand it was a little awkward placing. And that movie didn't do as well as they hoped it would for the same reasons. Right? Like, people are like, oh, female. Blah, 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 blah. Just, I don't know, man. Men I suck. I thought that did well. It did okay. It did okay, right? But it wasn't like, it still, it didn't do like gangbusters like they hoped it would. Right? But then they announced Captain Marvel 2. But then, if you notice, they changed it to the Marvels. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're like, Oh yeah. But what if we fold in more? Because I don't know if Captain Marvel can like, like, like uh, be her own movie again. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not behind the scenes. Clearly I'm not making the big bucks. Uh, don't get, don't, don't lie. You've got Kevin Feige's ear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, but if if I have his ear, I see zero dark Hawk projects and I see zero sleepwalker projects, <laughs> which that's the way forward. And also introduce speedball into the cinematic universe. Come on, do it. Do it. You chicken shit. Introduce speedball and the new warriors. Come on. You, you all, you all shut down the, the, was it the new warriors TV series with squirrel girl, you chickens. Anyway. <laughs> and we should have gotten a second season of, uh, Modoc. Oh, I got to keep, Modoc, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm playing. I almost said Patton Oswald. We should, have, um, <laughs> yes, we should have gotten a second season of Patton Oswald. I agree. Yes. Um, going back to to Loki season two, though, let's talk about some of the bright spots. I mean, uh, Ki Huai Kwan as Obi is the best thing in the se- the second season. Oh, he's a, he's a hoot. Yeah, I, he's so wonderful. And I, I said this to my wife, and she doesn't think so. So maybe I'm I'm just crazy, but. Um, I was like, you know, I'm like, it's so weird that like, he kind of looks and sounds the same way he did like 30, 40 years ago. No, he just, it's unfortunate that like you put him as the gadget guy when people remember him as data from the Goonies, (laughs) but at the same time, there's so, I love how he plays the character with like so much like just happiness, but also like aloofness. Like he, he's very capable of being like, yeah, that's great. We're going to (laughs) die. You know, like I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, he was a great, uh, a great like addition to everything. Um, he's almost, it almost feels like you'd feel like he would belong in like the TV series, the good place yeah. in terms of like the different realities and the different like bureaucracy of what's going on. Like you could see him easily fitting in amongst those people. And I, that's, that's not an insult. 
<laughs> like he, well, he, he, he and Derek or uh, Janet would get along really, really well. That's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he's so good in this and such a breath of fresh air. Um, but that's okay. I shouldn't say that because everybody's good in the series. Like Tom Hiddleston's great. Um, uh, the, the, the brother with the nose whose name I'm blanking. Owen out. Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah, no, we get we, with, with him as being Mobius. We eventually, we, we finally we'll get, get a his, wonderful payoff. His, uh, he has payoff for the jet skis, which I think was amazing. And also, uh, where he lives. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, if people like you, you, if people are watching this, you'll understand why that cracked me up where we find out where he's originating from. Uh, but also like for only being six episodes, um, they allowed time for like comedy to breathe in this, mm-hmm. right? Like there's bits and pieces that I was cracking up about, but also like there's the bit where, uh, was it Jonathan majors was playing Victor timely and yeah. like how, like the universe itself is falling apart, but he's obsessed with the hot chocolate vending machine. Like, <laughs> um, and I thought that was funny how he kept getting distracted by that. And that was so much fun. But I also love too, that, um, when, when, uh, was it uh, Mobius and Loki went, back like back in time to Chicago during the world's fair, how like they're supposed to conduct this big investigation. And we find out that basically what's going on is that Mobius wants to hit all the different food stations. Like that is really funny to me. I really enjoyed that. And also Tom Hiddleston is so good as a straight man. Like it's, it's like there's legitimately bits and pieces here where they just let them kind of like talk. You could tell there's probably some improv going on. It is a delight. I was tickled. Like you might all people might say like, well, what was the point of all that storytelling? I'm like, I don't know. But was I smiling the entire time? Absolutely. Well, what you just said reminded me of uh, uh, I'm going to quote Mark Bernardin of Fat Man Beyond. Um, He was talking about the series. It was probably by the third or fourth episode. He's like, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know what the hell's going on in the show. No, that, but uh, thank you I'm for bringing that up. A lot of fun because you mentioned that to me when we were hanging out for Halloween because I had not watched it yet. You yeah. literally were like, "Yeah, it's like it's great. I don't know what's going on." And so you you were beholden to waiting for a weekly release schedule. I watched it all in one day. So yeah, our viewing experiences because like, I was like, you know what, I can get through this. I can smash this. So it's like <laughs> meaning like everything was fresh. So like, yeah. I was like, I'm along for the ride. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If I watch this weekly, I'd probably be left in that same headspace of like, I, I'm smiling. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> That's fair. And you know, um, I, I don't want to be cynical. I try not to be, but can you give me a good reason for McDonald's, uh, popping up in this, but, uh, but, but, but extra money. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it to play like an important part in the story. Okay. Well, two things. Do you remember? Like I was going to, I think this was a couple months ago. Uh, I was going to send a photo to you in our group chat that um, with McDonald's with like their chicken nuggets, there was a Loki like sweet and sour sauce. Did you see okay. those packets? Like they actually no. have the Loki logo on it. Cause uh, the sweet and sour sauce is green. Right. So they're like, Oh, as seen in Loki. And I'm like, really? We're doing this, you know? And uh, so you could tell there's the cross promotion, right? Fine. Whatever. Like our corporate overlords that there's only four companies that own everything. Anyway, I get it. Um, you know, <laughs> whatever brought to you by blue apron. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but, um, so, uh, but the fact that like they spent so much money recreating like a very specific look for McDonald's, it's like, I was like, oh yeah. But then also I got to point out, do you remember in the Guardians of the Galaxy films, they pointed out, they, they made it a point to show a very specific time and place Dairy Queen as well. 
Oh, and you know what? I left out the Guardian special. I somehow missed that. So well, yeah, I but I mean, that that's in. fair. But like, but I would say yeah. that's another A. Like, yeah, you know, like I, I, that was that was fun, right? But that was also that that gave us two pieces of information going into Guardians three that we didn't necessarily need because they actually mentioned it during the movie. But yeah, I yeah I agree. So, but yeah, Dairy Queen featured prominently at the beginning of that. Kurt Russell, you know, sp- uh, Space Gigolo, they were near a near 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 a Dairy Queen. You know, I guess, you know, that I, because it didn't play an important. Okay. I can't say it both ways. That Dairy Queen, though, is just there. Like, it's not like really it's background scenery. Whereas, yeah. like, it felt like really like we're going to McDonald's. <laughs> like, there, um, did you, like, I think you watched some of the episodes of uh, Poker Face, right? I think. We, oh, I watched. Yeah, I made it through I, the whole season. I need, okay. Well, as much as I would champion it, I need to finish the season. Remember, was it the second or third episode that was very subway heavy? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it goes, right? Like, uh, I feel like I feel like we're now on that Wayne's World loop of like you know, little yellow, different. You know, like I feel like that's where we're at, right? Like, um, I get you know, and I get it, but like if I'm working on Loki, and I'm like, oh, we have to include a, a McDonald's in this, okay? And they're gonna give us money to rebuild a classic McDonald's, sure. My first response would be like, okay, and then we're gonna blow it up. Yeah, like I, you know, I, did, I did like the bit where it was like uh, Mobius and the one guy um, that they're sitting there, and he's like, like and Mobius is like, you know what? This is a pretty good meal. <laughs> just like, he just loves, he just loves eating. I, I, but but whatever. Anyway, and then the one guy was like, just angry but trying to finish his shake. I thought that was a funny bit. But yeah, I just it's so blatant anymore, right? It's like, it's just, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Just oh no. Uh, McDonald's and Disney partnered up to cross over. <sighs> sure. You know, like it, it, but I like that. Like Sylvie was like, I'm happy working here. I'm like, of all the places to pick McDonald's. Really? Is that where you're I showing think, up? I think the first time I ever really became like super aware or I became aware while watching the movie that like there was a, a specific amount of advertising in it is, is go back and, and watch Terminator two and tell me how many times Pepsi pops up within that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just, it, at least it, it, at least they use that set multiple times, you know, like at least they got their money, money out of it. Right. So yeah, I'll I just, I, I wish it would have been a little bit more functional or if there had been a big fight there or something that would have given us a little bit more reason to have it there. Other than like wanting to, you know, stoke nostalgia because it's 1980s and everybody loves everything from the 1980s. So what they should have had clearly was people smoking like freight trains in there and a ball pit where kids are throwing up repeatedly. That's what they should have had. But did you also (laughs) notice they actually recreated the styrofoam containers? Yeah. It's like, like, oh, cool. You guys spent money to kill things. Cool. Thank you for that. Got to get that big breakfast. Right. Anyway. So (laughs) you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know. I've eaten enough of them. So for the hotcakes and stuff. Oh yeah, right. Um, and then what was it? Was it the McDLT? Right. They gave the yeah. the, that oh, was in God. the styrofoam the that you could idea for a, a yeah. hamburger ever. But it was like it hot side the cool hot side cool yeah. and the hot side hot. <laughs> Is this a problem in other places that I'm unaware of? Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We get to talk about we, retro reviews of McDonald's food. So yeah, um, no. we're trying to keep it to Loki. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it just I like. The, 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 I would view the season, I mean, it's six episodes, but it's like, it's a coda to the first season. 
it's what I, that's the way I kind of view it where it's like, there's so many, like not loose ends, but like there are complications and problems. And it's like, you have the TVA, which, um, just neither here nor there. I love the art direction for the TVA. I, I, I love it so much. Um, and I love the look of the armor. I love like, you know, everything there. Um, but it, it is kind of dovetailing what happened in the first season. And so it feels like you still have to do time hijinks a little bit. I don't think you had to, but I, I do appreciate that. It's like, that's part of it as well. Um, but then it's like, they really dug into like the problems that happen at the end of the first season where they, they kill the, like the, what you would call like the main, the, the keeper of the sacred timeline, that Kang. Right. And then how like that becomes a problem. And then we find out that he already saw that coming and was basically like, you're damned if you do, if you're damned, if you don't, that's like, that is a different, um, villain, uh, motivation than we've Mm -hmm. seen with any other villain. People might say that like Marvel has problems with villains. Sure. I think that version of Kang being very like, uh, gregarious and approachable is very sinister. And I like that he eventually was like, Oh, how many times have you done this? You understand that like, um, the loom that I created is like, it's available for this one timeline. That's the one that keeps the rest of me out. If you kill me, they're all coming. If you don't, there's no free will. Like Mm -hmm. that's a very compelling, like that. I don't know, man, that is a very, um, heady thought experiment that I dug, which is different than Thanos being like, Oh man, half the world needs half the universe needs to go. So people get, got to eat, guess I'm collecting these, these pop rocks or whatever. Right. Like just they're, they're both operating at different levels of like how they think the best way to approach things. And I like that Kang, he kind of was like, all right, well you killed me. Did you? Cause you're now going to realize the problem of that. I thought that was sneaky. I dug that. Yeah. I mean, uh... Overall, the story arcs for the second season, um, like I liked that we spent more time with Mobius and got his backstory. And actually, we got quite a bit of backstory on the other characters as well. But I was bothered by the use of Sylvie in this second season. Um, I felt like she was so more so much more compelling, obviously, in the first season because here she's just sort of reduced to existing just for Loki's glorious purpose, you know, what, the end result. And I, I, I'm not saying that it's poorly written or anything and like that. I just felt like her arc felt like she was just there. Like it didn't feel like she was really a part of the story other than she's like, yeah, I killed he, he who remains and I'm, I, I'll kill him again if I have to, you know, and that's basically where, where her arc kind of ends. Like there's, nothing more to her sadly she sort of exists i think to give you know loki his purpose and that's again that's not necessarily a bad thing i just i i don't know i thought she was far more interesting in the first season i i agree with that i i do like the sequence where she goes to the record store and is listening to was the um, the velvet underground Mm -hmm. and then like even as much as she keeps trying to push everything aside her her reality that she's accepted is now unraveling Right. I thought that was interesting. I also to watching her watch Loki, um, like to all, for what we know, sacrifice himself. Right. Like I think that's going to give her a little bit more pause, but there's a whole bit too, where she said, I've lived my entire life in apocalypses. Can I just have a moment? 
I think that's very valid, but I agree with you that she wasn't given as much agency in this season versus the previous one. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I do, I think, so I guess my frustration, it's a minor one, like lowercase M is that we have basically, you have this, um, ability to do time hijinks and we really didn't do all, like we did a little bit of that. Right. But it's like, I wanted to kind of have more Mobius and Loki, you know, like going around and like solving time crimes for a minute. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I love that chemistry. I could have went four or five seasons of them running around and like trying to solve time issues, but I get it. Like maybe it's better just to accelerate it and move forward. Um, and I still like, uh, people talk about the ending of this being like the most significant event since Endgame, And I agree with that to a degree. Um, it's just like, I think it's earned. I don't think it was, it was wonderful. It's just that I think setting up the TVA and these characters that we have, that doesn't mean we can't see them again and that there wouldn't be a quote unquote season three, but like we've put Loki in a very specific place. Um, and now it's them to just tend to the, like to the blossoming multiverse. That's fine too. But it's like, man, I kind of really would have loved like a law and order law and order version of this for a while dealing with like time issues. See, you say law and order. I, I was thinking more along the lines of like Cagney and Lacey. Yeah, no, you know what I mean though? Like I think, Oh, like, cause I'm a sucker. Like, like I love quantum leap. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> you know, like oh, okay. give, me, yeah. give me those dilemmas. Right. And they just solve it. Right. Like I would love to see all of them like trying to do like, or like time cop. They're time cops. Right. Without the splits. Right. Like that's, I think I would have appreciated, like not appreciated. I think, so let me, let me rewind this back a second. Um, uh, not that you've been watching the Rick and Morty or anything, but like the most recent episode of Rick and Morty approached, it's like season seven. And like one of their big, 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 like overarching shadows that's been hanging on the series for a while. Is like, it's, it's like something that could have went stretched for like a couple more seasons and they just snuffed it out in one episode it's a bold decision and it kind of, it, it kind of like explains some things and like Dan Harmon was always like, I'm not a big Canon guy. Like let's just go on week to week. But then like his writers were like, we were fans of the show. Let's address this. And they did it in the most like, all right, 20 minutes. We're in, we're out, we're done. Let's deal with the repercussions. I feel like that Loki season two was like, we could have easily put this on a treadmill for, for seasons and seasons and seasons. But we, we see a bigger picture here and maybe that's Marvel and Disney, like, like pushing on them. Um, I just think that there was more opportunity, like also like the good place. They, they talked repeatedly how the good place could have went for like how many seasons before, but they kept blowing up the premise. Like you famously in season two repeatedly, how many times did they just detonate all these dumb premises over and over again that could have easily went on forever on most TV shows. Yeah, I mean, a lot of TV shows, you know, they have one basic premise and then they ride that throughout pretty much the rest of their yeah. season. And The Good you know, Place like, never did that. They, it was always like against their their best judgment. They kept changing it. And I feel like Loki did that too, which I appreciate. It's just that, man, I love these characters. I wish I could have gotten them a little bit more working as a team. You know, that's all. Yeah, and if Owen Wilson does pop up in, in uh, Deadpool 3, it'll be a welcome the site, I guess. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we certainly haven't seen the last of his character, and you know, the the way that we end this series makes me think that like if you 
if if we're going to see Loki again, it won't be until Secret Wars. And that's yeah. a big if if we do see him. Yeah, and it's like also like you gotta think too, like, how are they gonna rate Thor? If it, like meaning because like he well what there was the joke I think he made Ragnarok about how many times he saw his brother die, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but then like he saw his brother die. And if he sees this Loki that knows what ha- like it like there has to be like a good hand behind that because I think him and Hemsworth would do a really great job. Uh, Hiddleston and Hemsworth of like playing that. That'd be really funny to me and touching. Um, so we'll see. But I think Sylvie, I think that's the torch pass, right? Because like, but again, though, what we're talking about and not to beat the horse to death, but it's like she is now the the Loki that remains, right? Like, mm. so we'll see. I don't know. Like. I, I think the ending to this, this the second season was beautiful. I think it was really wonderful. And then we get the whole like the whole switcheroo of how he's no longer the god of mischief, but he's the god of storytelling, the god of stories. And then how as much, he even says, I don't want a throne. And then what does he do? He sits on like a, like a throne at the end of time. Mm-hmm. combining everything instead of making it. Um, it. It's funny how like they change it from like a a um, horizontal like timeline to a vertical timeline making they, the people refer to it as Yggdrasil, like the, the, the um, Norse mythology of like the tree of life. Right. And then we see how it basically you have roots. It grows up and then you have the multiverse growing out of the top of it. And now the TVA is uh, responsible for making sure that what is blossoming is like tended correctly. I like that a lot. I think that's, a, I think that's, I think that's great. And I, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, I was left cold by the ending initially because I didn't understand it. And uh, I don't know. And again, I wouldn't quite call it science, but um, sometimes I think premises get so intricate that, you know, I lose focus on what's important. So I had to watch it twice to kind of understand what was happening in that last episode. That's fair. Um I don't remember who was who said this. It was somebody who I think wrote for Star Trek The Next Generation where they said that, like, you know, there's certain writers who are good at the science stuff and the other ones who are good at character stuff. So, like, the character guys would write the story out and, like, the, you know, the, the, the script would literally say, Data says something science-y here. Yep. And then... In certain know, the, jargon here, yeah. Yeah, and then the the writer who's got the scientific knowledge will go in and write in whatever he needs to or make up whatever he needs to. But uh, I would be the guy, if uh, I was in a writer's room, I'd be the guy who'd be writing dialogue as, Data says something science-y here. <laughs> and it would be, it'd be the same way. I'd be like, Loki does something science-y here. Yeah. I do like that they did like the SpongeBob thing of where he finally realized like that he needs more time to understand things. And it was like, what was it? Um, it'll take hundreds of years. It's like many centuries later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love that they did like, it's like they, they're, they're, they're playing around with time. Cause he eventually figured out how to like control his like time slipping. And then like, it, it was great because they did like the groundhog egg thing with him where it's like, I know what's going on. Leave me alone. I got this. Right. But I love that there was the, the montage Victor Timely dying over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just funny. Because it's like they played it for humor. I liked it. I do wonder. It looks like the same effect that they used for dispatching uh, Mr. Fantastic. In, and the other and the other people in Multiverse of Madness. I think that's right. They all got spaghettified. Yeah. Which, so I'm just wondering yeah. if that's going to be like, 
you know, their new version of people turning to dust. Maybe. Did you know this before they entered that, that control room? It said, uh, chances of spaghettification is like increased by 7,000% or whatever it was. When they're walking no, into I that didn't room. notice that. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, yeah, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the season. Um, yeah, it was a little loosey goosey. Sure. Uh, but do I enjoy like the character arcs? Absolutely. And, uh, Tom Hiddleston's the MVP. Uh, Jonathan Major's also playing Victor Timely. You know, like it's a different shade of the character. And I appreciated that as well. Um, and then when we got back to He Who Remains, he got to incorporate that character again. That was great. Um, Sylvie wasn't given the best, best material to work with, but I, I appreciate the actress. Old Wilson, like I like that he's an important part of the MCU and all he is is a bureaucrat. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, what's your superpower? Wow. Just investigating things, you know, like, <laughs> and there's the, there, there's a couple other people too. I, there's the one gentleman. Um, oh, the, the one, one of the other office guys, uh, he's the voice of, um, one of the main characters in lower decks, by the way. Uh, I, and so it's always fun to see him. Um, but yeah, I just, I, cause the whole bit, like when they, like when Hillston was jumping between like different realities and we saw where they're all kind of ending up. That was, that was a fun segment. I just, I just, I, this was a really fun, brisk watch, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. And I think that it does set up, it sets up a more stable multiverse, which is fine. However, speaking to what you're saying, um, if people don't watch all of this coming into it, are they going to really appreciate any of the movies going forward? I don't know. Yeah. And we're going to see a break because we're just coming off the actor's strike. Mm -hmm. I believe that Disney has moved everything out of next year with the exception of Deadpool three. So we're literally only going to get one Marvel movie unless, and there's no way into the spider verse two comes out, um, or whatever they're going to call the yeah, no, that, that, that's film. The, the across the spider verse across the spider verse. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, no, um, we're getting some Sony um, Marvel movies. Sorry, some, you know we, we we did talk about this for recording. We're getting we're we're getting a Madam Web film. Come on, I'm and kidding. that's another piece of it too, where I'm wondering if Sony is you know for for every No Way Home and and across the Spider Verse, we're getting Venom and Madam Web and Morbius and are they diluting superhero movies? You know, like, well, I mean, Sony, aside from their anime stuff, they've not been doing a great job. I mean, Venom, like uh, uh, former co-host and uh, uh, love of my life, Joe referred to Venom. The first Venom film as the greatest 90 superhero film never released. I agree with that. Right. Cause if you, that movie that came out in the nineties, it would have been the greatest comic book film ever made, but it's, it's, it's CGI would have looked like spawn. <laughs> Yes, but also like tumbling like a turd in the wind or whatever he said. Anyway, um, um, and I've not seen the second Venom film. The first one's okay. It was fun-ish, right? It was fine. Um, it was, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I can just, yeah, Joe's statement is accurate. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm just saying like it was like the best 90 superhero film never made. I agree with that. So we'll, we're getting a third Venom film. We're getting madam web we're getting um there there is morbius that's out there somewhere i've not watched it i i you know i will get to it it's one of those things i'm like it's just i'm more curious than anything about what happened with that movie and then we're getting a craven film at some point like i like that sony it's like have you seen the meme 
of the, the the guy holding the champagne bottle with like the metal, like the champagne's been spraying in his face, and it looks like he's like on the top of the podium, and he's like like he's like, he's like twelve steps down. I think that Sony always congratulating themselves on what they're doing with the Spider Man franchise, you know, like, like, like <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I I, I like the season, and I I mean I know we kind of talked about the end. Um, if people have been have uh, uh, we already put the spoilers out. Um, it's worthy of a watch. I just also, I love there, there's this weird, there, the weird bureaucracy and like the automat bit where it's like, uh, Mobius wanted key lime pie. And then the automat was all key lime pie. Like, I don't know what is about that was funny to me. It's like the, you only have one selection. It's key lime pie. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall I enjoyed the series and I probably put it at a B is the same as the first season. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And again, this is like a B plus like it's, 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 it's just on the edge of being an A. So, um, please don't take that as me shitting on it. Uh, I'll, I'll say that, uh, going forward, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Marvel is retrofitting now their plan to how fans are reacting, how that's going to really impact what the movies become. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I keep thinking about is, is that, you know, one of the common complaints is that the movies all feel the same. And I can see that to some degree. Um, And I do think that like, there was something special about the fact that you had Iron Man who was drastically different than Thor, Mm -hmm. who was drastically different than Captain America, you know, um, those movies don't feel like they're being made by the same filmmaker. They don't feel like they're being uh, made to f- fit into a larger saga. And maybe that's something that maybe they should consider going forward. Um, you know, like I think if they'd have made Shang-Chi instead of, and lo- I like Shang-Chi, don't get me wrong, but I think if they'd have made him more of a street level character and done something different than, you know, another superpower, another, you know, mystic, um, you know, yeah. fight that happens. That's overly special effects to death. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I can't say I, I, I said earlier that I think I know what happened with the Marvels and we'll leave it at that. But, you know, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm going to show up for everything, you know, until they, they really do me wrong, which they haven't yet. And I think people also forget that, like, go back 30 years you know, and the Flash television show was all we had, and it lasted one season. Yeah, for sure. Like, like you know, um, like you were starved for like Star Wars forever, right? And then we got plenty of Star Wars. Same thing with this, right? It's like we were like, oh, like we need more. Like, like Batman '89 was it, right? For a long time, right? Like, it's just like I get it. Like, we're we are in a um, there. There's so much the content. Sorry, that's not the word you like. But I mean, there's so much well-produced comic book superhero movies and, and film and everything out on TV. Like, we're we're in a very privileged position to turn those up uh, things now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and, you know, maybe the break will be good for it because I can't imagine – I can't imagine people not losing their shit over Deadpool 3. Well, it's – I hope it, I just hope it holds together. Like as much as I'm excited for it, it feels like it keeps piling. It's, it's one, I, I feel like it's like, there's going to be too many cooks 
I, I, we'll see, right? I'm here's hoping. Here's hoping that it sticks to the landing because I want it to be a lot of fun and, and well worth it. I have my, I have my doubts. We'll see. Here's hoping. <laughs> right. So, anyway. all right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Uh, the last thing I'll say about, uh, Loki season two is, is, uh, uh, Miss Minutes is a little creepy and maybe even a little pervy. So, oh yeah, that whole thing is like I want to be a real girl or whatever. <laughs> like, I, like that whole thing. But also, I can't, I can't help it. I love that they when they went back to the Chicago World's Fair, it's like, oh, there's this weird ghost clock scaring people. And then, <laughs> and then when they did the ghost clock thing, that was that was a lot of fun. I, I that was just goofy silliness and also um, involving like the world's first Ferris wheel was a yeah. lot of fun too. I thought that was a great segment. I thought that was great. Also, I liked it whenever, um, Victor timely was basically being like, you know, um, a, a con artist. Cause he's like, it's a prototype. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like all that. I really dug. I thought that was, I thought that was a lot of fun, but yeah, Ms. Minutes, she has some issues to work through for sure. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for our discussion about Loki season two, which I think we got to, I don't know. We talked about a lot of things Marvel related, but, but also like it has a lot of heavy lifting for the series, for the, the Marvel, um, like live action universe. That's not a thing, but anyway, so, uh, you guys can find us on, um, Facebook and invasion of the podcast, email us directly evading podcast, gmail.com, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And Steve, you said that you were just making a lot of art. I don't know if it's, um, you know, um, uh, Loki related. Probably not. But where can people find you and what you're doing? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. You can visit our website, the Slasher.com. Or if you want to go and buy a comic from us, you can visit our Etsy store, which is named The Art of the Slash. All right. Perfect. So, all right. So let's just get into our amazing and super real uh, Black Friday deals. What's that? Everything's free? Okay. All right. So <laughs> once a year, I, I, I think it's funny. So, all right. So um, um, let me see here. I know you said you have a few uh, friend of the show uh, uh, podcast husband. I've been cheating on you with sometimes Richard has uh, given me a few other super real Black Friday deals. So, Let's go with this first one here. New for Ohio recreational recreational marijuana that passed, right? So mm -hmm. some of your favorite restaurants have paired with uh, uh, strain holistic industries for new unique dipping sauces and spices added to choice favorite dishes, including but not limited to the McRib, Chick McNuggets, <sighs> a.k.a. McNugs, Taco Bell Mexican pizza, and all Skyline chili products, limited time only. I like that our friend who's from Pennsylvania was trying to like shit on Skyline chili. I kind of like Skyline <laughs> chili, but anyway, yes. It's just spaghetti with chili on it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if it ain't broke. So, all right. <laughs> well, the first one that I have is uh, from Walmart. Um, and uh, I think this is happening all day, Black Friday, but uh, you get a free copy of uh, The Sound of Freedom. They're going to give that to anyone who can prove they were <laughs> Sorry, at the January 6th insurrection. Well, Jesus Christ, I love it. I love it so much. And by I love it, I mean I hate it. Oh, that's, <laughs> that, that is, uh, that's a cut. All right. So, um, all right. <laughs> all right. So, here. Uh, hot topic. The following Funko Pops are 50% off. 
Uh, Modoc from Quantum Media, which you've not seen, um, but you've seen maybe that CG of Corey Stoll. Yeah, I've seen the photos. <sighs> it's bad. Anyway, um, Blood and Honey Winnie the Pooh. Um, that's also marked down. <laughs> um, I was going to make a QAnon Shaman uh, Funko Pop <laughs> joke here, but no. Uh, but I'm going to write here. Kevin Sorbo and Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. That's also marked <laughs> off. Um, three pack of the Human Centipede. That uh, Funko Pop set is marked off, and then Bill Cosby holiday sweater sweater variant. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this next one is for uh, people who are looking to take a break while they're out doing their Black Friday shopping. Uh, this one comes from McDonald's. Uh, so customers can take a break from their shopping and come into McDonald's from 5 to 10 a.m. for a special treat. For just 99 cents, customers can drink all the milkshake they can handle from the head of the Grimace costume. <laughs> if they can drink the entire head, they get a McDonald's coupon book with a value of $5. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, was trying, I was trying to find... I thought I could locate a deal with Burger King that would like give you unlimited fries, but they would dump them into your car and <laughs> whatever you could pick up off like the floorboard you could eat. So, but I, you know, anyway, so, um, all right. So a next one here from, um, from, uh, from Richard and I'll get to mine here. Special door busters, 75% off Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX is continuing its interplanetary destinations by taking you to your favorite planet and Paul's Tatooine for the low, low cost of $1 billion. You too can tangle with Tuscan Raiders right atop Rancors and sidestep Sarlacc. Strangely hot Tatooine and Endor are the only locales available. No lightsabers permitted on board. All right. So, wow. I right. applaud you for finding that deal. That's a good yeah. one. That's, that's... All right. My, my, here, here's one of, one of the ones I found. It's called Max Plus. For an additional $30 a month, you get to see all the content that was shelved due to tax write-offs and get to pick a current show or movie and remove them from the regular service. <laughs> that does sound like something they would offer. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, I have I have a couple. Uh, let me let me uh, here. Um, Verbo is offering luxury cabins at reasonable prices at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, selling points are clothing optional swimming, plenty of trails to go running. I mean hiking on, and some colorful t- local townsfolk to meet. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Crazy Ralph. Yeah, on a ten speed. Anyway, what else you got? Oh, all right. So uh, this next one here, because I, yeah, I got the PlayStation, uh, I you know obviously was looking for deals. I came across this one. It's pretty great. On Black Friday, PlayStation Plus is offering the following very real games for free with new subscriptions. So these are the games that all, all these will be free on Black Friday, uh, but you have to subscribe to PlayStation Plus. So uh, there's a uh, Granny Rollers. There's a uh, Triple Dragon, Power of the Headband. Uh, Star Wars, there's something about Thrawn. Uh, Yars Revenge 2, Eric's Revenge. Yep. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry, it's just porn now. <laughs> Sonic, and this is Sonic the Restaurant, but it's Sonic Diarrhea Escape. Uh, this isn't Tetris, it's Tetanus, and it's called Tetanus the Needle Challenge. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Iraq, and uh, Hulk Hogan's Main Event. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's so weird. I also found some Cyber Monday deals for games, right? So I have uh, Tetris, the movie, the game. <laughs> Super Golden Girls. Um, nice. Burger Time, Modern Warfare. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> Marvel Spider-Man 2, it's DLC called One More Day. It will delete your game and no one will ever talk about it again. <laughs> and Fahrenheit 451 2023 Florida Edition. So, oh, 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 oh. wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to get that one. Right. So then also I have um, another Cyber Monday deal. Every wish.com order comes with a free gently used personal massager. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. What else you got? So uh, Hobby Lobby's running a deal. Um, every purchase is. Continue, please. <laughs> Every purchase of ten dollars or more comes with a piece of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> that was that was ill gotten. They just they they stole it. You know they did. <laughs> I also found a Hobby Lobby uh, deal. Right? I don't know. Did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, now offering their line of anti woke crafting supplies. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's it, it's it's a uh, glue made from heterosexual horses. Yarn <laughs> must only be used to make baby blankets. Glitter. Uh-huh. You you have to get your husband's permission first. Uh, poster board comes with already printed pro-life Bible verses and then crayons, 64 to a box, all white. Oh my God. That's a, that's a scandalous deal that Hobby Lobby's offering there. <laughs> I just, oh, I, I know. Behind the curtain, I love that we both had Hobby Lobby deals. We went like, we went <laughs> Yeah, I told you the thanks kind of came out tonight for some reason. <laughs> All right, so let me here. Let me let me let me find one one of uh, Richard's another one of his. Right, so we have he has a couple more here. Um, in time for the holidays, Ben Shapiro's production company, which I think is the Daily Wire, is releasing Song of the South straight to VHS and Laserdisc, <laughs> half off on Black Friday. <laughs> in an effort to continue the great work of film preservation, they brought they bought the rights to Disney's questionable at best film. Rather than preserving the actual film stock, they've reshot it frame by frame with new and culturally significant voice actors. Starring, among others, Tucker Carlson as Bray Bear, Alex Jones as Br'er Fox, Ben Shapiro as Br'er Rabbit, and in a stunning live-action portrayal, Gino Carano as Uncle Remus. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that big movie she was making to come out, right? Like, <laughs> I'm laughing because like it's upsetting to me that one, her positions are terrible, and also two, regardless of like how shitty your positions are, you you're like, I don't want money. Anyway, continue. Like, just, <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're in good with Star Wars. People loved your character. Also, you're in the first Deadpool film. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know about you. Like. I'm not saying that we have questionable takes. We probably do. But if you're like, I'm backing up like a dump truck full of money. It's like, oh, I guess I can say, stay silent while I get all this money. Right? Like, it's so weird that Tim Allen and Kelsey Grammer figured it out. But Gino Corrado didn't. You know? Yeah. Like, just anyone. But yeah, she's uh, Uncle Reese. <laughs> in the, the, <laughs> the Daily Wire production of The Stock of the South. Yeah. Anyway. What else you got? Uh, this one's from Target, uh, starting at 6 p.m. on th- uh, Thanksgiving Day. Target is offering $100 gift cards for $125. <laughs> 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 
but you'll get 5% off if you use Target Circle. Oh, Jesus. That sounds right. That sounds real to me. All right. So, all right. Um, all right. What else do I got here? I have, um, oh, um, Cabela's. Free gun with any purchase of kids' baseball equipment. <laughs> Oh, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then I also have here, I have um, Ikea. For $29.99, you can get a mystery box in. Uh, is it an end table? A chair that's always wobbly? A random assortment of screws, bolts, or dowel rods? Or Swedish meatballs? Guess you'll have to find out. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I also have a deal from Ikea. <laughs> Are we are we good friends? Who the fuck? <laughs> so that they also have a deal uh, regarding their meatballs. It's uh, all the meatballs you can fit in your pants for just three dollars. <laughs> um, but the good news is, is the uh, or the even better news is, is the fight with your spouse is free. <laughs> oh, you have no idea the, the 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 like the three times I went to IKEA with with my wife. Um, it's like there's that joke in 30 rock, right? That, that's where we you always go for fights. I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it gets, it gets pretty savage. So I, I agree with that. So, all right. Um, all right. So let's see here. What else have Richard has here? Um, <laughs> uh, are you in the DC area during Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday? AMC and Cinemark theaters will hold special weekend screens of Beetlejuice where you will receive one free complimentary hand job uh, per viewing from Congressperson Laura Boebert. Note, vape smoke and her insults, e.g. liberal <laughs> pussy, social justice warrior, woke, etc., by special request only at additional cost to each customer. Wow, that is quite a deal. It's true. Um, I didn't even mention how much you had to pay extra for it to be like, do you know who I am? All right, so... <laughs> Yeah. All right. So the next one I have here is from Home Depot. Um, inspired by the recent success of the McDonald's Boo Buckets, they're bringing out a product that 80s and 90s kids will all love called a bucket. It's just a bucket. You and your Boo Buckets, man. I swear. It's pretty space jam for you, I think. It's just a, it's just a goddamn bucket. Anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're reliving our childhoods. You leave it alone. Leave it alone. All right. Yeah. The, okay. Another one here. Here. Sorry. Um, Olive Garden has teamed up with Lumber Liquidators for a seasonal promotion. Uh, unlimited sticks. All the seasoned sticks you can eat. <laughs> what flavors? Uh, wood. Um, mesquite, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got? Uh, so this one's from YouTube. Oddly enough, they're uh, they're getting a, uh, they're trying to get more people to create content on the platform. So uh, all Black Friday long uh, for nineteen ninety nine, YouTube is offering a content creator starter pack. Included are screenshots of Kathy Kennedy with devil horns and red eyes, <laughs> various red circle templates for Easter egg videos, mm. uh, lists of misleading video titles such as. They went woke, now they're broke. Worst comic book ever, question mark, and 
Why don't women like me? <laughs> Customers, however, will have to sit through an irritatingly long commercial for soap or men's sweatshirts while the deal's happening. Oh, I was trying to find um, I was trying to find an ad like a, a, like a deal for underwear because like there's so many ads for underwear now. But I appreciate that ad. I, I do appreciate that. So, um, all right, last one for Richard here. You 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 will want you'll want this. I promise you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ten percent off for this Black Friday. Metallica's Christmas up your ass. Searching for a festive gift for that special metalhead in your life? Get the Metallica's Metallica's new album, Christmas Up Your Ass. Which takes on a legendary Oh, excuse me. I'm drinking. Uh Hersher's classic bangers. The whole family will be singing along to new favorites such as Seeking a Toy. <laughs> reindeer breath the frayed branches of christmas trees the house that that sorry the house nick built and many many more order now and we'll send a copy of lulu to that naughty kid on your list <laughs> i think uh enter snowman's also on there. Enter snowman. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh that is amazing and i would totally buy that yeah uh, so, actually you know what one of my favorite christmas albums is the twisted sister christmas album it's amazing. I'm I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm just saying, if you're looking for something fun to listen to this Christmas, Twisted Sisters Christmas album. Okay. Wow. Um, I, I've, I've only got one more. Okay. So I don't know how many you have. I have just like one or two. So I continue. Okay. So this last one here, uh, Voodoo and Warner Brothers have partnered uh, partnered up to give Flash fans what they really want. They are offering an ultimate cut of The Flash, which includes Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, Dean Cain as Superman, dead actors such as David Ogden Steers as Martian Manhunter, William Hootkins as Detective Eckhart, and Marlon Brando as Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Lastly, all footage of Michael Keaton will be replaced with George Clooney uh, outtakes from Tomorrowland. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well played. I got to tell you, um, as it's coming up with this, uh, 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 my wife Mary's like, you're going to make a Tomorrowland joke? I'm like, I think that's kind of dead and gone. And then, uh, But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Because I was like, I couldn't find a way to shoehorn it in. So I appreciate that. So, all right. The last thing I have here uh, is the Golden Corral Fast Pass. Um, you're the first in line to lick and touch all of the food before the old people and kids can just you go up to the chocolate fountain, <laughs> sneeze and touch sorry. everything. I was having flashbacks. I worked at Ponderosa <laughs> during <laughs> school years. Oh, I have, one I, other, I have one other, uh, other than that, but please, yeah, please. Like, yeah, yeah but, no, yeah. I, I, I swear to God, I, for the amount of, like small children that I saw just stick their hands directly into <laughs> either hot fudge, caramel, the sprinkles, like, Oh, and I was, you know, it, there was like a, a rule that we all had, like basically anybody who walked by the ice cream area, just cleaned it up while they were there. So it just made it <laughs> so much easier. Oh, that's upsetting. But uh, yeah. uh, no, but like, oh yeah, I thought the Golden Corral Fast Pass, at least you can get like in there before everybody else does, you know, so. <laughs> All right, last one I found here. Um, it is Best Buy. They're selling uh, a Polaroid Now Instant Film Camera for $149.99. It's a combo. You can buy a Polaroid camera from Polaroid. They, they give you some film, right? 
that's all real. That's all absolutely true. Um, every fifth photo is a Japanese ghost girl guaranteed or your money's back. If you live, <laughs> you know, uh, they do seem to capture a lot of ghosts on uh, Polaroids for some reason. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Something uh, cause like ghosts are analog. They're not digital. We know that. But, um, but yeah, no, literally I was like looking this up. It's like, it's $150 for a Polaroid camera. You and I both grew up. That was like, the shittiest way to take photos, right? Like, like <laughs> but yeah, anyway, you, you're guaranteed to find a, a ghost girl that may kill you. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, uh, you're going to be, uh, basically starting off, uh, the next version of cabin in the woods with that. So no, it was funny. Cause I, I was, I wrote Korean ghost girl and I had to look up Juan. I'm like, oh, oh. Japanese. I'm like, oh, I don't want to misappropriate like the different, like <laughs> I wanted to find the right country. So I, <laughs> I didn't want to misrepresent. So anyway, um, that's our Black Friday deals, everybody. Go get them. Um, yeah. No, thank you, Steve, for, for reminding me of this because it's, 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 a fun, it's a fun thing that we get into. All these ads are completely real. Thank you, Richard, for submitting your um, – th- also, man, we're all really vindictive this time around. I really – I. I'm not, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but I, like my fangs came out. I, I think it may actually be that uh, I, I came to the realization really er, earlier this week that like uh, we could be reliv- reliving 2016. And I, I just, uh, the, that just terrified me to death. So I think that put me in a place where I needed to exercise some demons. Yeah, I mean, we're not wrong. That's what. <laughs> all right that's gonna do us uh, for this time everybody have a good holiday have a good thanksgiving like just however you celebrate it like you know like i don't know with family with not just you know you you deserve a day to just like engage with like all the food you like desserts you like and then pass out watching tv and or football like please everybody enjoy your holiday that's what i gotta say <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know why I laughed at that. Uh yeah, guys, enjoy Thanksgiving. Uh you know, spend some time eating some food, playing some video games, maybe come find me. I, I guess I should know learn what my handle is on PlayStation because uh, I'm not, I'm not your PlayStation playing. friend. I don't know. We don't know each other. It's fine. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't have any friends on PlayStation now. So <laughs> I better figure out what my tag is. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you're gonna be like like so-and-so's playing overwatch so-and-so's angry playing overwatch anyway but yeah no no but everybody no like we all this year's been rough business right just enjoy eating comfort foods watching movies tv and or sports enjoy enjoy the time enjoy enjoy those that you choose to be around i think that's important but yeah just have a good holiday that's that's you know Ooh, that reminds me real quick uh you know uh they're uh doing uh turkey day yet again for mst3k yes uh, and i said that to somebody and they were like i don't know what the 3k stands for i'm like it stands for 3000 um <laughs> it stands but, for three k's <laughs> but they're doing it for two days they're doing a solid 48 hours of turkey day so uh sit down watch some yeah. mystery science theater 3000 it's always good for a laugh and uh it's one of my 
rituals for Thanksgiving that I try to observe every year. Yeah. So yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy food, enjoy families and friends. And in the meantime, I don't know, uh, maybe get caught up in Marvel stuff or not. It's fine. I don't know. But, and, but also seek out these black Friday deals because all of them are legitimately real. Not really, but <laughs> yeah, the sound of freedom one is definitely real. <laughs> 